Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Uni Tanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Great beer is about drinkability. Doesn't matter oh, yeah. the style. You guys are like walking beer Wikipedia. That's the first time that you've ever accepted me as a person. Or you have a fermentation in your gut. Yeah. I'm jet propelled at all times. <laughs> How many guys do you think that you have the privilege to slap? Somebody who's never tasted a commercial example, and this is how you know everything about this beer? Please, you don't. I think it's bullshit. (laughs) I think it's bullshit, too. Wow. Are you guys going to arm wrestle? No. No. We're going to teabag fight. You heard of Junkyard Wars? Can I get another high five, Beavis? (laughs) Now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers. Craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Hey, what's up, everybody? Man, it's been a hot, hot minute since we've uh, started with the intro there live. But uh, feels good. Feels real good, man. I uh, I appreciate the, the demand from, uh, <laughs> from my guests today, Josh, Chrissy, and Kyle. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks, Thanks dude. Uh, just want to say a uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Oh, yeah. <laughs> playing hard, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for being on the show, and, and more importantly, thanks for demanding that I play the intro. I mean, you didn't really, but I was like, yeah, why not? Let's do it. Why not? Like, you know, I can flex my new, uh, my new soundboard, and uh, you know, now, now I have one less thing to do in editing, so I appreciate that very much. <laughs> All right, so you guys are all the way from Hawaii. Yeah, Did I say that yeah. Right? All right. So we're um, we're on Oahu and Honolulu. It's uh, the area is called Kakaako. So there's three other breweries around, like within walking distance: Honolulu Beer Works, Aloha um, Brewing Co., and uh, Waikiki, Waikiki Brewing Company as well. Okay, there's a couple other ones that are on their way to open up as well. And the name of the brewery is Hanakoa. 
Yeah, yep. you got it. I'm a go, fucking dude. native, bro. Let's go. I love Honolulu. We I went there one, you know, one time, and then there's that they have that tiki bar, the La Mariana Sailing Club. You've been, oh, I have never been there. Sorry. Oh my god, that place rules, dude. It's like everything is just lacquered. Like every single yeah. piece of thing in the entire universe, everything's held together with lacquer. But uh, the drinks were good, and and you know, so we were in Hawaii for like six days, and that was the best poke i'd ever had we went to the la mariana the first like when we landed five days later that was still the best poke i don't know why yeah that's no, my I mean, hawaii story it, it's weird when i was when we were living in concord there was like a poke spot opened up right there in the square and i was like yeah. all excited like oh sweet and i was you know born and raised over there go there and there was like yeah and it was just like no marinade nothing it was just like the raw ahi no anything and i was like what this is isn't this? poke. <laughs> no, the, yeah, the poke spot. Yeah, and like Bev and I would just munch on it because it was like it it felt healthier than anything else. But there was almost like a sanitizer yeah. flavor. I mean, the aroma when you walk in, it was like, ah, man, this is bleaching something. Uh, but I, <laughs> I felt like it came through in the fish, and I was like, I just feel uncomfortable. Yeah, my stomach yeah. doesn't feel like like uh, this should be as how it tastes. <laughs> You know well, what I mean? Good poke when you came out. Sometimes it can be hit or miss depending on where you go. Like when you visit and you're like trying to figure out the spots. I w- I went to this place. It was I think it was in Honolulu proper. Um, it was on one of the eating shows. You know the food shows. Maybe it was like an Anthony Bourdain one. I forget. Anyway, um, I don't know where it was called or where it was or what it was called. Or but I think it gave me food poisoning the next day. <laughs> Oh no! Yeah. Okay, so- yeah, yeah. I was like, "Ooh, not good." So we were always in Waikiki for one day, and I wanted to go to like the five, you know, weird tiki bars there. And I was just in the in the hotel room, just not not doing it. But anyway, that's, that's a story for another time. So, Chrissy, you used to work at the Hop Grenade. I did. I How was does- part of the opening crew like two weeks in. Honestly. Yeah. How does it feel being back? Do you miss uh, it, or are you glad to be moving on to bigger and much better things? I mean, it's weird because that place is always like home. Like I used yeah. to poker with those guys and like I used to house and dog sit for Moscow and like, like it's, it's beer's family. So it's yeah. weird being on this side of things. <laughs> yeah. so used to, like being like, oh, those are the brewers. I wonder if I'll get to meet them. And it's like, oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, you know, it's just not that big of a deal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't have the same experience, but when I went to pick up your beers, because you guys left them at the bar, that was the first time I had been back since March of last year. Oh. And it was really weird to be back. And it's like, because I walk in and, and the gal who greets me, I don't know her. She's br- wow. br- brand new. The other dude, I forget his even name, and but everybody, you know, we're all wearing masks. So from the the bridge of the nose up, you're trying to like place who this person is, so I don't get kicked out because they weren't open yet. You know, what I mean? <laughs> so it's very much like, hi, my I'm hands Kevin. are up. Where's Kevin? Where's Kevin? And then I saw Papa Lou, and I was like, Lewis, like someone I recognize. Like, yeah, that. yeah, that's good, man. It's yeah, it's it's weird being around. Uh, places you used to go with people that you are supposed to know but you can't really recognize now because of the mask so it's uh it's weird but anyway uh yeah thanks a lot for for the beers and i have them they're in this really cool 
cooler. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you sent them? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so we don't have a lot of stores on the mainland or that the mainland has. And we have to like ship in stuff all the time. Yeah. And I am like a hoarder of school supplies and like planner shit. And so I went to a Michael's and there was like a $6 cooler. It was like, perfect. Like, Dude, I saw that come out yeah. and I was like, Securing the bagarino for sure because uh, number one, it's pineapples and I love that shit. And it's you know, and so I, I just looked in it. I didn't even look in it before the show. I just looked in it. Every beer is different. Yeah. <laughs> I assumed that you had sent doubles or maybe even triples of you know a thing, but it, there's like twelve beers in here and not one of them is the same. How are you brewing so many different beers to put in? Can- like, it just seems like a logistical nightmare. What's going on yeah. over there? What are you no, guys really doing? Is. Yeah. <laughs> what is wrong with you? So, so basically what happened was like during COVID, there, was, there were two shutdowns in Hawaii. And when we reopened after the second one, we switched our business model to we need to have a beer release every single week. It needs to be a new beer. One to two yeah. every week. And it wow. just kept going that way. So it was like... I write the descriptions and basically we've been working with an artist uh, who has done a lot of great work. And we have another person we're working with as well right now. And it's kind of just become our business model. I think we have two beers, a pale ale and a blonde that are, um, those are our only staples. And I'm sorry, I couldn't bring any cans of pale ale. We totally, oh, it's all right, out. It, it, it ran out. We had a hard time. Yeah, it sold out canning. before we could yeah, snag so. it. <laughs> I mean, I love a pale ale, but I love uh, lagers even more. So you're you're treating me right today. It's all right. No, it's, it's, yeah, I honestly, I, I really wanted to kind of get your opinion too. Like I've heard a lot of the other guys that have come on here, like most recently, like the Ronin thing, yeah. like he was doing and just, Peter Allen and all those guys. And so we're just kind of hoping we can develop our lager program to kind of get to that next level as well. Like we got three 30 barrel fermenters on the way and two 30 barrel horizontal brights. And, you know, it's kind of the lager thing has been like a passion project thing. And then we've done the other stuff. Cause it's like, yeah, that'll pay the bills. And it's also fun to do. <laughs> yeah. You know, there is a certain, a certain part of me that needs to just sort of be okay with the fact that it's fun to brew like hazy beers. That's what you're referring to. I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? And honestly, no one's ever really brought that point up about the, the pure just enjoyment of it. It's either like, Oh, I like to drink them. So we're going to make them or I want to learn about it or that's what we have to do. But it's never just like, that's actually really fun to do. Well, and honestly, like even when we do these, like, so there was going to be a can that you got, but it would have been the biggest roulette and it would have either made it where we <laughs> you love the podcast or you would have ended it right here. Well, Josh is <laughs> giving a silver bullet. And I was like, no, because we don't know what that's going to be. And he's like, that's the beauty of I it. I would have like, done it. Hey, I'll play beer hunter with you guys all day long. That's fine. I'll do it. Well, I would have done it. So, you know, obviously doing new beers all the time. Sometimes yeah. you get ahead of it and we're waiting on labels. So there were two beers. One was our fest beer which we, you know, I've been lagering for three months. And then the other was a blue Imperial milk stout with 75 pounds of Oreos and 30 pounds of cookie dough. So (laughs) it was really like that. Yeah, no stomach couldn't handle it. There's no way I'm 43 years old in a can is what you're saying, right? (laughs) Or a really traditional Oktoberfest. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. One or the other. Yeah, that, I have that all the time. Actually, you will notice um, 
if my screen weren't so blurry. Yeah. There you I go. have a silver bullet myself right now. But I got a pilsner, so and yay. for those of you at for those of you at home, we're not talking about Coors Light. We're talking uh, the can blanks, right? They're oh, ca- yeah. in, the, in the industry, they're called silver bullets because well, they're long and they're silver. I mean, I shouldn't really have to explain that to you guys. You should know that. But um, yeah, so it's either really really just uh, could be anything in there. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm starting with this beer, and I think I want to talk about that first a little bit, and then we can transition into sort of the beer culture in Hawaii, because uh, I, I'm very curious about whatever was brewing out there and drinking. But I'm, I cracked the Party Boy Pills. Was that the first one I was supposed to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's uh, a Tokyo-style Pilsner, and I would really <laughs> like to know, first of all... So also, if you notice on the back, there's a little explosion emoji for where you put your key. Your key? Oh, yeah. There you yeah. Go. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, so you can... Uh, oh, you for shotgunning. Uh, yeah. Shotgun it, yeah. Oh, I was like, I, instantly, party boy, because first of all, the, the label is basically a naked man with... Uh, basically, it's Doc if he was taller and had more hair. <laughs> and he has like a, like a, a French cut, Italian cut bikini or whatever, and he's like partying. But you said key. I looked at the label. I'm like, why would you put cocaine on the oh, label? Like, I don't oh, understand. <laughs> I don't get it. But that's where I'm at, I guess. No, it's a uh, so funny thing. So um, me and Kyle. Uh, so Kyle didn't used to work at Hanukkah. Um, prior to Kyle was with another brewery in Hawaii. And we had done a collab. And after that, we were just friends and hanging out. And there was one night where we were like playing you know, drawing crossfade and playing like Venga boys and like going nuts. Well, and then, uh, so living your best lives. Start yeah. Is, well, <laughs> yeah. Like I try and round everybody in and be like, okay, so here's our six month out schedule. What do we have coming up? So that way I can go to marketing, get artwork. Like, you know, it's a lot of cans, as you said. And so that turns into inevitably like five or six years deep. That's when the real creativity is happening. Oh yeah. And so I'm alone in this while they are way farther ahead than I am. And they just start playing like Euro trash pop and literally dancing on top of the furniture. (laughs) (laughs) Party boy pills. Party boy pills. (laughs) God damn. And I'm just asking like, well, what's the date? When are we? And they're like, party boy pills. Well, and, and we wanted to do it as a collab and both parties were just like uh no you can only do one once per quarter and then you know kyle came onto the team and as soon as he came on i was like so we can do party boy like we can do this now it's not a collab and mm-hmm. so the whole story is the guy on the can is a uh, it's chris how do you say his last name chris pontius chris pontius from jackass mm-hmm. when he does party boy in the first movie and you notice like in the um in the corner, it says the rice factory. So there's a shop that's across the street from us that processes um, brown rice. And they provide rice to like, you know, like, like really high end restaurants, like Ruth Chris, the Ritz Carlton, all this stuff. Wow. And we approached them about doing a rice pilsner. And they're like, really excited about it. And I was like, okay, and I brought this artwork over to the dude. And I was like, 
hey, are you is cool with this? Because okay? I'm like, hey, you have really high end places. And as soon as he saw it, he's just like, Sugoi, like, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, sweet, okay, cool. So we've done this actually two rice times. And, down the party. Yeah. So the rice is actually, it's uh, from Hokkaido, which is in Northern Japan. Um, it's called Yume Pidika. So when you actually make the rice, it's a little stickier, a little sweeter, a lot more of a very strong profile. So, okay. Um, we use that primarily to try to get a little bit more sweetness and a little bit more rice character and smoothness in the beer. Um, this is we actually do mill it too. Yeah, and it actually yeah. gets milled too. So we're really, yeah, we're on a um, so we're on a fifteen barrel um, mash filter system. Okay, so yeah. um, it kind of allows us a little bit of wiggle room on some things that be more difficult. Uh, and so with this one, it's like ten percent of the grist is this rice. Um, and then it's all Holotel middle fruit. Um, just an addition at first wort, an addition at Whirlpool small, and it's actually unfiltered. Um, we actually found on the first batch when we were doing it, that it just, there was so much character there. We didn't want to biofine it so that it would, you know, lose a lot of that lemon character, um, that softness, sweetness. And I actually found like once it does clear out, it is a little bit more like crisp and light, but I do kind of like just the Keller aspect of it. And that's coming from the, from the rice. Yeah. I I think the rice contributes a a fair amount of haze. We really, honestly, we're we're having trouble keeping up with a lot. So we haven't had a lot of time to dedicate to figure out just the percentage of what's actual proteins versus what's yeast that's staying in suspension. Um, Our house lager yeast is the Andex strain. Um, We get it from BSI and um, you know, in some beers it will flock out fairly well and others, it definitely takes a little bit of, motivation and TLC. <laughs> yeah. So what, what, are, what am I tasting with the, the flavors that the rice is, is bringing in? I mean, I, I know essentially what a little bit of rice can do to a beer, but it sounds like, like you were saying, it's high end rice. There is a flavor impact. What should I be picking out that you can attribute to the rice? Um, it's actually more of like a, a mellow sweetness and mouthfeel that you get from that rice which I think is contributed primarily just from what's staying in suspension. Um, Cause once it really, like we've had some cans that we've left, this is the second batch that we've done, but when it's gone super clear, you don't get the same uh, silky mouthfeel, I guess, so to say. Yeah, it is. I, I don't want to say creamy because to me, that's not, I don't know, lagers and, and creamy don't mix cause they should be sharp. And this does have a sort of a, a sharper bitterness but there is that and and i think you're right i mean the, the obviously you're right to your fucking beer what am i stupid um no, but, but the the cloudiness like does sort of coat the mouth a little bit and it does make it a little bit you know, let's just let's call it creamier but that's not really what i mean i guess and then the bitterness does sort of come through at the end um and it all works really really well together i really like it it's a very it's, it is sweet and like you said you had that you have the, the lemony aspect coming through which i imagine is from the hops what hops did you use with this? Uh, it's all Hollertown Middle Fruit, and we're looking on the second batch because we were waiting on the boxes to incorporate a really? smaller amount of Motsueka mm-hmm. and just kind of accentuate just kind of the um, some of the sharper tones to brighten it up a little more. That's all Middle Fruit? Yeah. How is it that – what's that lemony brightness? Uh, the end of what I noticed is there's a really distinct lemon twang yeah. that you get from the fermentation character. So, like – you know, we've gotten anywhere from like, you know, like lemon meringue to like, you know, what you get out of like a custard filling or just that like lemon balm kind of thing too. Like the middle fruit that we have is a little older. I think what's in this batch is probably 
I think it's either 2019 or 2020 crop year. I mean, COVID was interesting. We're trying to get all that, but so, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. obviously it was, it was a little fresher. I think you'd probably get a little bit more of that uh, noble characteristic, a little bit more like that foresty stuff, but the yeast is very expressive in this. That's wild to me. Cause I would have, I would have bet that that came from hops. Thanks, man. You know, I and, I mean, I yeah, I, I I guess it's a comp. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it depends on what you're going for. I I I I love it, and I do like figuring this stuff out. Right? These these are some of my favorite moments on these shows. Is when I think I know a thing, or or I think I know how a beer is put together, just from doing it and talking to people, and then I'm I'm actually wrong about it. I like knowing that. I like knowing that we can still get these really expressive esters or these these expressive you know citrus notes out of yeast well i think wild to me i think the rice allows the yeast to really be at the forefront which typically isn't Mm -hmm. in filters so i i think it's just giving a good balance to the yeast and lets it shine it's great being all about everything else it's a good yeah. lager. Now, did you guys try a, a bunch of lager yeast before you settled on this one as your kind of house oh, strain? So I had worked previously with like, um, you know, 3470 or German lager. And I had tried a few different ones doing R&D prior to opening the brewery. And um, the reason why I went with the Andex yeast, uh, so I'd actually been to Andex and it was the most romantic beer experience I had. And I just love, so, you know, you can either, when you get to this village, that's 10 minutes outside of Munich, you can either take a bus to go up to the monastery. You can, you know, kind of hike through the woods. And so I, you know, hiked through the woods, everything like that, got yeah. up there and, you know, it was the most amazing Doppelbach uncle I've ever had in my life. And when we started the lager program, we started with a Pilsner that was all Hollisall middle fruit, unfine. Yeah. And my goal really with our lager program is I want to do it where it's all natural as far as like the beer clarifying. Like I love clear Pilsner, but I want to see what we can do so that it's just, it has the time to sit. We want to eventually focus on doing natural carbonation because I think there's mm. definitely something to having that carbonation versus forced carbonation as far as mouthfeel there, which, you know, I haven't practiced or done so I could turn out like total shit. But, <laughs> but I just think I, it's something where it's like the ones that I have had that have been naturally carbonated, I really enjoy. So the, the a big aspect of our lager program is trying to do things as as much where it's like, let the beer do what it needs to do. And when it's ready, that's when it's ready. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No, it's a good beer. I really like it. How long are you lagering it for? Um, I do you recall this one? How long? It was a little longer. I think this yeah. is a total time from like into tank and out of like in a package about weeks. yeah, like seven to eight weeks. Wow. So we we do a lot. We we really like I'll tie up a, a, a bright just for this right now, just because yeah. I'm like, no, it's not ready. We're gonna have to unitank that and all this and just try and yeah so we need more tanks yeah we need more tanks yeah for sure well and i mean i really for appreciate sure. it because you 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 taste a beer like this and you and instantly I, I i would i would imagine all of that time stressing about tank turnover and we could be running two batches of pale through this now whatever it's all worth it because that's what you have that's your product is is this beer this is your face of your company when people drink it. And they want to know that you're actually doing a good job and you're trying and you care about the beer that you're producing. So you're not rushing it. You're waiting till yeah. it's done. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
it's yeah. interesting too because like when josh was talking about how he wanted to really go after loggers in hawaii mm-hmm. i was a little like hesitant because in hawaii there's there is a good craft community but nobody's really making loggers or going after it um and people that aren't as educated in craft beer and just grab something from the store they typically get heineken heineken's king out in hawaii so mm. it was like well i mean we could have a gateway to Heineken, which would be great for educational purposes, but we can do that with a blonde, no problem, and keep that in stock. Like, are you sure you want to go after loggers? Because all of the, you know, craft community, they're going after hazies, they're going after pastry stouts, like barrel-aged stuff, you know, hype beasts. And right. Smoothies. We could do that, but I don't <laughs> know. And at this point, um, loggers are our number one seller, which was really surprising for me. Yeah. So, well, I mean, that's got to be kind of scary too, you know, to be like, well, let's do this thing that nobody else is really doing and you got to take that chance, but it sounds like it's paying off. And I think it would be paying off because nobody else is doing it. I think ultimately or, at the end of the day, people want to drink beers like this. They'll try the pastry stout, but at the end of the day, lagers. Yeah. And I mean, you know, even, you know, our neighbors like have done a lot of different lagers as well. Like everybody's really like everybody's really starting to kind of move to where if they can fit it in, they can fit it in and try to do it. It's just, it's hard. Cause you know, with COVID it, in Hawaii, especially it was like, you know, nothing. So all of a sudden like an explosion of people with tourism and everything like that. So, <laughs> you know, it, it kind of comes down to like, you know, what, what can we actually do? What can yeah. we fit in? And so it's even on our end, like right now, I think we only have one logger at one point we only had seven beers on tap and I remember looking at myself just being like, this is utter shit. Yeah, <laughs> what we happened? Like, we can't keep it in stock. Like, yeah. Wow. But, yeah, and that's the thing with beer is like everything is a month behind. So as soon as everybody comes and drinks all the beer, like you have a month to yeah. catch up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have the same thing when, when lockdowns eased and everybody came back. We were down to like six beers on the board and normally we have 24. So. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was it was crazy but you know it's you have so many punches right now i gotta just roll with it right yeah well then that's a good point you are you're instantly a month behind of demand yeah so that's got to be kind of scary too especially coming out of lockdown like this is really exciting however we're fucked if we can't get this out like (laughs) nothing can go wrong with this brew day so then what do you what do you plan to start with you know something easily to turn around just to get something new on the board and get people in or like I don't know. I'm glad I don't have to make those decisions. It varies varies on what's gone out of stock. Um, We do a lot of charity and like um, beers that have a cause behind it. So if Mm -hmm. we have something that's dated for that cause, then that takes precedence. Like, but yeah. And I mean, I think don't hate me for this, but like, we've definitely found that we can do a seltzer in like 11 days, but (laughs) we, but we actually, at this point, I've been like, you know what? I don't even, I can't even make a seltzer because you know, we don't, have anything else we've honestly just been trying to keep up with hazy and ipa um and lager we were i was really surprised like it was more recently that we started kind of moving through more and more of that but it's it's an interesting market like there's no seasons in hawaii so you can make like we did actually kyle actually organized um did you want to talk about that the purvey thing no you guys (laughs) (laughs) so So kyle the beer yeah like, we'll get to kyle later don't worry 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, but yeah, so it's always a weird market. You can make whatever you want at any given time. And it, it can be June and you come out with a 12% pastry stout and people are like, I'm totally into that. And hmm. you're like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it seems uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, well, does it, does it, does being in Hawaii, does it, it's a, it, obviously it sounds like a very different market, but does it sort of like turn everything you guys learned in the States on its head as far as marketing to beer or what styles to push? I think what's been great is that, you know, like, like I, I came from EJ fair. Um, and then I don't know if I had talked to you or mentioned this, but yeah, like I was the head brewer there before Kyle Manigold and oh nice. then Kyle came from Mirage. And yeah, we all right. kind of had, you know, friends out here and we've just learned so much from different people and, you know, bringing that to Hawaii and really like what we wanted to do with this opportunity was to kind of take what we learned and bring that out there and try to kind of say like, hey, like this is where we can kind of take things. And it's been great coming into that community and everybody just being so inviting and everybody like, you know, going to your neighbor being like, hey, do you have a bag of sugar kind of thing? You're right. Like, hey, do you have a bag of sugar? <laughs> yeah. So it's been cool to really just like kind of take certain things, learn certain things. And, you know, mm. I think one thing that was very interesting about Hawaii, which I think you guys might appreciate is that, you know, prior to us opening out there, you know, most of the breweries didn't even have a hazy. There was like one or two that really did. And then everybody really followed the, you know, everybody's got a light colored, either like a blonde or a cream. And then you have like a red, a brown, a pale, an IPA. So very diverse style aspect, which I actually wow. don't want to see go away. Yeah. I think that's something that, you know, as brewers, everybody's really starting to see where it's like, you know, I know I have to make these beers because this is the demand, but what can I do to sway people to go back to something like a, Hey, when was the last time you had an ESB? And like, oh, you know, try to do that kind of stuff. I would love that. Kidding me. Yeah. There's no way. I got East Kent Goldings on contract. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. You know, I had, I had a little tiny bit left of the party boy and I just drank it because oh, yeah. <laughs> it's warm and whatever. And it, I got like a green, like a Japanese green tea. Oh, cool. Flavor. Yeah. It was really neat. Like, uh, I don't know. I like it. <laughs> I, I'm a big tea guy, so I don't know. What am I going to do? Um, okay. Yeah. Let's see. Let's, yeah, should we open something. another beer or take a break? Let's You're open another. Off. Let's open another beer. We have. Yeah. What do you want to open, JP? Yeah, so I don't, many beers. I don't know. I know Teresa. This is the problem because they're all you know just these cans, right? What are these sixteen ounces or whatever the fuck it is? Yeah. I know. So if we were in I the know. studio, we would be sharing this can, and then you can't get you can't just get drunk. But now I've had one. Tell me when we're going back to the studio, JP. Oh, not not this year. I'll tell you that much right now. <laughs> There's no way. I was like, I go back to the grenade. Honestly, dude, I yeah. do not blame you. It's, oh, not at all. It's very. Oh yeah. I mean, things just got weird from the COVID standpoint. Like, I'm, I'm honestly a little starting to get a little uncomfortable because I live in Placer County, where COVID like does not exist as far as a lot of people think. And yeah, it's like we're running a comedy show beginning of September, and I'm like, we got to do this stuff outside. Like, it's, it's starting to make my skin crawl a little right now yeah it's it's disappointing and uh you know we're out here in east county and uh you know our contra costa county in general is doing really well with the vaxes but east county (laughs) we're not our city is uh, like half of what the of the of the overall like average of the of the county and it sucks because we're trying to look for um like preschool for alice 
and and the lady's like, oh, like fifty percent of our teachers are vaccinated, and like you know, I think thirty-five or forty percent of adults out here in our city are vaccinated. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Everyone has to wear masks inside, but I just like, I don't. It's too much, right? It, I just don't want to do it. And there's all these uh, new studies and reports coming out about kids are actually getting it worse now than adults. And I just, I'm not trying to do that with my three-year-old. I just, so we're fine. We're just, we're sort of back to where we were last year. And it's funny because I was talking to Taryn, I think it was today. I was like, when did we get vaccinated? Because I swear to God it was last year. But it's not. It was in February. Like, it's not that long ago. But it's sort of like, because we've been fighting and struggling and talking about mask efficiency and vaccines and Never mind all these people have had to be vaccinated to go to public school for the last X years they've been in the fucking world. But we're talking about this one specifically. And it's like we're just fighting over shit. And it just, it's drawing out this first part of the year. But Yeah. No, it's weird because like growing up in the Bay Area, like you get used to the microclimates. Like you get used to like, oh, it's going to be super windy, super foggy here. But yeah. then this is the first time we've seen like microclimates of like, political views (laughs) yeah it's it's like and it's it changes that quickly based on the mileage that you're traveling it's so weird to see like real time especially with how far we've been traveling this trip like yeah you guys are running like oakland to concord to you know all over oakland to sacramento to lodi will flip your wig all over the place like that's Like slow, like people looked at us weird, like, oh, are you gonna wear a mask in the gas station? Are you infected? Versus coming up here, like people are walking down the street and giving you a weird look if you don't have one on. Yeah. It's just it's it's wild to see it change that quickly. Well, in Hawaii is interesting too, because like for a while it was mandated that no matter what space you're in, you had to wear a mask outdoors or indoors. And then it changed to where it was like, well, if you're vaccinated and you go indoors, you can participate. But if you're standing up or anything like that, you have to have your mask on. And then Hawaii's just yeah. copying California. Yeah, it kind of follows California. Oh, yeah. it's, it's all over the map, dude. There's like people that are using like all kinds of weird aspects to politicize, like group everything in with like the vaccine. I'm just like, this is weird. It's hard. Sorry. No, it's all right. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. It's well, it, no, it's fine, man. Yeah. And like deal with all these topics. Yeah. And you know, and, and honestly, normally we wouldn't be getting into this stuff, but it's, it's the, the national conversation and it impacts us all physically and mentally and emotionally. And, and, you know, it would be weird if we didn't talk about it. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm all right with it. Um, I just cracked open the slow chill pills. Oh, you did get a slow chill. Check style pills arena. Shit. So I don't want to drip on my console, but see see if I can catch the condensation before. There we go. Uh, a little bit of background it's not called slow chill because we do it as a slow pour it's called slow chill because the um the lacing that stays behind so it the joke is you know and if you ever trip on shrooms it's called trailing yeah everything's got like a frame for second change and everything and yeah this is really something that my parents are going to be very proud of. <laughs> yeah. well, mom, I've, I read on the internet that people can eat mushrooms and it affects them differently. And so I thought that would be a really good name. Thank you. Well, so anyway, this is basically a Czech style pill. So it's a uh, um, Weyermann Bohemian Pilsner malt, which actually ended up being a sub because we couldn't get regular Pilsner malt, which I was stoked. <laughs> so that was yeah. great. And then um, just uh, some acidulated in there for pH change. And then it's uh, 
one and a half pounds per barrel of check saws in the kettle and one and a half pounds per barrel as a dry hop. Um, this beer is uh, nine weeks. Uh, and we, yeah, well, just in general from fermentation to yeah. end. And we actually, so this was kind of like that whole passion project I was talking about, I think a little earlier, <laughs> we got Luker Seipel yeah. faucets. I got um, mugs specifically for this. Um, I even trained the bartenders and did a PowerPoint presentation. And Chrissy came up with an acronym called WAF or wet ass foam. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So there's a video if you want to look at it. I will not incriminate myself on this podcast, but uh, there's a dance. <laughs> <laughs> but, that is basically what he's saying. But yeah, if, he, if what, Chrissy's what eye roll could be translated into a, into a, well, a an audio waveform, it would be okay. pierce everybody's ears. <laughs> yeah. But so what we wanted to do is, um, you know, there's a lot of different styles of pouring in the Czech Republic. What we went with mm. was um, Vladinka. So it's known as the smooth pour. If you see like the Pilsner or Kel video. So um, the glass basically um, goes right up to the nozzle of the faucet. Um, you pull the, um, the lever on the faucet, like maybe to like the, the eight o'clock position, depending. Okay. Just a little bit. And what you do is you basically create like a wet foam that goes, you pull it all the way and you're basically pouring beer on top of this foam, which their hypothesis is that it works as an oxygen barrier. Um, and you know, I don't know what the merit is there. I haven't seen any data on it, but I've definitely found like in practicing with it for like six weeks prior to like implementing it, it was something that, you know, the, the process of filling it as well as just inside the nozzle to where the beer is going to hit the glass, there's actually a diffuser or like a screen. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that turbulence really causes a lot of aromatics to come out of suspension and change just what you're perceiving. So this is actually going to be significantly crispier, snappy, very like, um, bright green, more bitter. So Mm -hmm. you get kind of like more of, you know, it doesn't sound pleasant, but like green onion versus evergreen. Um, the lemon doesn't come off as soft and sweet. It comes off a little bit more bright, like zesty. So I've definitely really enjoyed using that style of faucet. And they're actually coming out with ones that are not a side pull lever, um, but they're going to be, oh, cool. Yeah, so that's unfiltered as well. There's no findings in that. Wow. You can see my stupid face in, in the thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah, 100%. That's wild, dude. Yeah, this is, it's like a, it is a like a concentrated beer almost, you know, when you're, when you're describing it in that way, because uh, it, it sounds like when it hits the diffuser and the special way you're pouring it, like you said, it's releasing the aromatics and it is sort of um, amplifying the aromas, but those got to come from somewhere. And so did, did you, did you plan the beer around that pouring method? Well, what does we that make sense? As far as, um, so we carbonated this beer actually up to 3.1 volumes. Wow. So that's yeah. more than Coors Light. Yeah. That's uh, wild to the me. The whole point being, cause you know, normally what they'll do in the Czech Republic is it's like a, a glass blend of nitrogen and CO2, but I didn't want to mess around and try to do all that. I wanted to see if we could just do it on CO2. And you know, you think with how much CO2 is coming out of solution with this whole process that, you know, we still need some carbonic bite being on an Island, it's hot. That's what people are looking for is something that's going to like actually kind of like pop and be refreshing. So yeah, that's why we went higher. Um, as far as everything else, like the design of it, we had actually done a beer that was very similar to it a year prior 
but it was called Yaz Flute. Uh, it <laughs> okay. was um, it was a play on like the line from Ron Burgundy where or Anchorman where he's like, "Well, Ron Burgundy play Yaz Flute." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I figured it was a it was a yeah. I figured it was a, a tribute to the rock band Yaz. That's what I thought. But. Is a rock band called Yaz? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Y A Z, man. Yeah, <clears throat> they're not good. Oh, yeah. Well, no, I mean, they're not good. It's like a bad early '80s. Yep. '70s rock band. Teresa knows. Well, we could road trip to that. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> there you go. Add it on. Do a fact finding mission. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, any recommendations on albums for the road would be very welcome. <laughs> I got a few. I was watching a uh, Lollapalooza. They broadcast it on Hulu, like when it was going last oh, week or whatever. There's a few cool bands out there. I didn't really. Um, Dayglow. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, look at that! I had no idea. Well, they um, that one popular song, like I think that was on the radio for a oh, while. Yeah, I don't know, but they were interesting. It was weird. I don't know shit like that. Um, I like this beer. It's it is good. I'm I'm sort of swirling it around to maybe sort of mimic the aromatic release and i don't know if i'm (laughs) if it's doing anything really well i think sometimes it sort of has to go through that specific process of hitting a screen maybe and whatever but yeah i like this beer it is it is more of a of a robust sort of check pills for me i like it it's a little bit beefy thanks man yeah Yeah. like we um we actually noticed with the bohemian pilsner malt because we it was a sub normally we use wireman pilsner on our blonde so we had to sub that out we found that it was definitely a little bit more like intense just what was going on there and then you know we got kicked this for our north star pilsner and had to figure that out and that was very interesting but (laughs) kyle's breathing hard what's going on what happened there (laughs) it was you talk about it kyle that's (laughs) you Well, so it was basically a, um, it's a lower modified Pilsner malt. So we normally step mash a lot of our beers. Um, but this one, it was just kind of like, you can either get this or Gambrinus. And whenever I worked with Gambrinus, it was stickier, like just that character. And I was mm. like, I don't want that for a blonde. And so I was like, well, let's try this one. And, you know, sure enough too, it was like, yeah, like normally we get Pilsner malt in Hawaii at 83 cents a pound. <laughs> And then this Pilsner malt coming in was 96 cents per pound with no other options. I was like, all right, I guess we got to figure this out. Yeah. But thankfully, since we've been able to get wiremen in, it's just there's been, you know, container shortages, everything with COVID. Um, and Hawaii's kind of on everybody's shit list because it's like, well, you're in an island, so. But <laughs> you're going you know, to suffer. to get wiremen Pilsner too. So, you know, it's it's everywhere. It's really nuts. Are you going to yeah. sell all your belongings and then um, just pack grain back for the trip home? Right. I mean, <laughs> if I did that, I'd probably get two bags because yeah. of the 50 pound limit. True. Okay. Yeah, you're right. All right. Yeah. We, well, we even then it's 55. Seven but... bags, and then we repacked everything down to just our carry ons for mm-hmm. our clothes. So literally, <laughs> seven bags were straight beer. Um, wow! Trying to get it beneath the fifty-pound limit, like in hindsight, we should have just shipped stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the car was a whole other story. Oh yeah, yeah. And the little car we got like <laughs> a little screwed on that. It was like, oh, it's supposed to be a oh, CX five. It was this Mitsubishi Outlander that was a little bit smaller, and we just like saw we we're like already fuming after Nothing's the wait. We're like, fit. just get it in there. We need to get to Monterey. <laughs> I want a beer. Did it work? It sounded like it worked. Oh, it worked. Okay. It All was, right. Uh, 
Right. It worked for us. Kyle was squashed. Yeah, in the was, oh. <laughs> poor, and poor, Kyle does not look like a short person. No. Yeah. No. So I can imagine Kyle, that would be annoying. Well, Kyle's actually the designated 30 barrel fermenter dry hop dude because uh, my short ass can't really reach it with the scissor lift because there's like, it was a little poor planning in the spot. So we're going to actually bend the conduit up where the lights sit. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, if you get there, you have like maybe like a foot of wiggle room to get up. And then you got to kind of do all this stuff. But Kyle's just like, no, I can reach it. And I'm like, it's cool. And the one time I did it afterwards, everybody's like, you aren't doing that. And I was like, I know we lost like half a pound of hops. I'm not doing that. <laughs> awesome. Uh, all right. Let me take a quick break. We'll get some more beers and we'll come back and we will... Uh, Keep chatting with Hanakoa, right? I did it. Hell yeah. (laughs) It's the session, everybody. Hang on. We'll be right back. You're tuned into the session, Life's too short to listen to crappy radio. All right, welcome back, everybody. Thanks for hanging on. It's the session we are on with Hanakoa Brewing from Hawaii. Or Hawaii, is it Hawaii? It might just sound like an asshole when I say it. Well, so, honest, I mean, you can, you know, you can say Hawaii if you want, um, but, yeah. like, the like the more local slang thing is to say Hawaii and what's Hawaii. there is there's it looks like an apostrophe it's between the eyes but it's known as is an okina so it's almost like a six but the um open part of the circle is filled in okay so it just seems like a staccato or a break okay um and then in Hawaiian language um the W can be pronounced pronounced as a V so you would normally say like Hawaii if you're speaking proper like you know native Hawaiian language kind of thing yeah what is uh considered respectful because you know what I don't want to do is go to Hawaii and, and seem like a tourist you know what I mean I don't want to get beaten up I think the easiest thing you could say is like Hawaii because most people Hawaii. say Hawaii okay not all, I mean if you say Hawaii normally it's like you know you're you know, speaking Olelo and like doing all weird. that yeah am I trying too hard at that point I don't want to do that I want to. Yeah, I want to seem okay, cool but, but respectful. That's my vibe. The best advice I can give. Yeah. The it's a little less effort, so it's just like Hawaii versus like you know like okay. it has to be like oh it's this it's this like everything about Hawaiian language is very like it's chill heaven flow like just going with that and it's very okay. soft and like it blends and it's a really cool language like once you get to learn it i never took it given the opportunity i took japanese and i did terrible (laughs) i heard that's like one of the hardest languages to learn japanese that makes me feel a lot better yeah it's it's like it's very very hard to learn like chinese is very hard but i've heard japanese is very 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 rough i don't know i've seen moana a few times i think i can get by (laughs) <laughs> no but it is it is a beautiful language it it has it has less consonants in it i feel like the more consonants you have the weirder your language sounds yeah like when you have it german has- it's not exactly romantic yeah absolutely um all right well i just cracked the next beer in uh in in i was gonna say in our glass but that's not accurate it's in my can if you know what i mean <laughs> Pete's in Paradise Brown Lager. There's a little bit of a backstory here. Why don't you guys uh, yeah. fill me in on that, huh? That's near and dear to my heart. Yeah, so um, it's on the can too. Whoever gets it, but 
basically there was a day where uh, one of the front house managers comes into my office. He goes, Hey, there's this older gentleman here named Pete here to see you. And I was like, yeah, you're fucking kidding me. So I, like, so yeah, no, no, yeah. So I get up and like, I walk over to Kyle and he's finishing the end of a CIP and I go, see, dude, this is why we don't get shit done. And then I go out and then immediately I was like, you know, Pete turns around. I'm like, Oh my God, it's Pete. And I was like, like, what are you doing here? Like no context of coming out or anything. And are, are you friends I, with him? Pete Sloshberg. Yeah. yeah, I yeah, met yeah, him, yeah. From uh, Pete's wicked ales. Beforehand and like, he's, okay. I met him like as a home brewer and yeah. he was just wow. like super nice. And I was like, Oh, what's Pete's wicked ale? And he's like, Oh, well it's this, this. And I'm well, like, oh, I had never oh, met him okay. before then. And like, so that all happened before and I'm drowning in like a ton of admin work and stuff. And I'm in my office that's upstairs where it's like, do not disturb. And Josh yeah. pops in like he normally does and <laughs> he up and give me 10 more things to do. Yeah. Like tough. And, and he's like, so there's somebody here from the Bay area. And I was like, that's cool. I, I'm in the middle of a lot of shit. And he was like, no, no, you got to come down. Like he was friends with tasty. And I was like, ah, oh, well, friend of tasty is as a friend of mine like damn so i go down and it's pete fucking slosberg and uh he was like yeah i saw you had you know a rendition of janet's brown and we we did another beer for tasty and so it really felt like to me it was like damn like tasty was always somebody that introduced me to lifelong friends and like even afterwards it's like well he's still fucking doing it from the other side <laughs> yeah That's well if anybody's going to it's gonna be him man yeah. Cheers to Tasty, yeah, so huh? It was, like, it was a, yeah. Well, that's cool, man. And that's very much, I think, Pete's sort of style. You know, he's just sort of like cruising. You know, wherever the, the wind, are. yeah, wherever the wind takes him, that he just, he shows up and he is like an incredibly nice guy. I mean, he's been on the show a few times. He's a great dude, like just salt of the earth. Well, and the guy. stories he had, like I just wanted to listen to him for hours, like talking about, how he was on the first like bottling line at Russian river. And, you know, mm-hmm. they, they would like flip up the, um, the cage and corks like up the other way. So they knew it was the ones that they did. And like, like <laughs> the stories that he told were like insane. That's he funny, man. Really want to have craft beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really cool. dude. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, so how was his visit? What'd you guys talk about? Well, so like he, we all sat down and just started trading stories and then, I was like, well, how long are you out here for? And he said three weeks, which is a pretty decent vacation. This was in March. And I was like, well, you want to do, do a collab? And he's like, yeah. And he busted out this chart that he used to, I guess, like bring over when he was doing sales and stuff. And he's like, you know, on the chart, there's brown lager and there's never been like brown lager. So it's like, mm. okay, so you want to do Pete's Wicked Ale as a brown lager? Then? It's, it's almost like he had an agenda. Oh, he did. <laughs> <laughs> he and I was like, collab. He's like, this is what'd be fun. And so it's like, all right, cool. Yeah. Which I'm fucking down. I'm like, it's brown. Yeah, let's do it. So we're the first ones crazy enough to do it. Not even. No, no. <laughs> he's, he's had to talk to people. Well, we jumped on him to be like, yeah. I was like, you want to do something? And, yeah, but I, yeah. but I do think I think I think you're I think the truth is in the middle somewhere because I feel like Pete knew that this could happen and you're i think when you're a guy like pete you're sort of already locked and loaded with an idea you know what i mean so i wonder if it's just like let's try this well so the cool thing was um so this actually ended up being a collaboration with 
everybody in the area. Anybody else like, wanted so to do it. I, I hit up, nice. once I found out he was there, I started texting everybody else because he was like, oh, I'm going to walk around. I was like, hey, I don't know if you know what Pete Slowsburg is in town. I'm like, and well, everybody. Like, Have you ever had a Pete's Wicked Ale? And people are like, fuck yeah, I have. It's like, the Pete is in town. Like, <laughs> so OGs are freaking out. Everybody's like, what the hell? And so, you know, when Pete was like, oh, I'm down to do this collab, I started asking everybody else. I was like, well, do you guys want to come down? And we'll all do this collab together. Like, you know, oh, get all the God. breweries together. It was kind of like, you, you know, first time we could all get together and do it. And, you know, we, everybody took a keg to their brewery. So everybody had it on at one point. Nice, dude. We did these cans and you know, had it on at our spot. And it was fun because when Pete came down for the brew day, we, you know, like took over, we have like an upstairs mezzanine area. So we had like a brewer's dinner kind of thing and everybody hung out. And like, it was the first time in a long time where it was like, this is kind of normal. Yeah. And it was wow. really fun to like have that aspect of stuff. We yeah. all got to shoot um, the shit with the other brewers. Like, you know, we yeah. haven't done beer festivals in so long. So to be able to share a beer with like other people in the industry is, has been one, it's rare to begin with, but two, it was like especially rare after this past year. And it just, it felt like it all coming together. And like, wow. for me, it was like faith in humanity restored because I was having a really rough week. And then, you know, we started talking about Tasty and like, you know, talking about the community that craft beer is. And it just, it really brought everything back home. Yeah. That's nice. So, um, just beer wise. So yeah, this is done on our, on the index strain. Um, it's, uh, it's the Pete's Wicked Ale recipe fairly close. It's like two rows, C60, and I think a little bit of chocolate, and that's it. And then wow. the hops are Hollertown Middle Fruit, Sapphire, and Laurel. And we actually dry hopped with a little bit of Sapphire and Laurel. And what I really loved about this beer was, you know that like Laurel, sensation Laurel. you get? Did we do Hocal Laurel? Hocal Laurel on this one. Oh, yeah. So we did do. Ran so, through the hop bag. Yeah. Thanks, Kyle. See, there you go. It's almost like Kyle was there. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, and then we, um, but one thing I noticed, like the laurel's been cool. Uh, we got a lot of strawberry out of it. So this one, like that sensation of when you bite into the strawberry kind of comes through, just kind of nice. And like it, mm. this is actually like a little bit older, but like when it was fresh, it was just, it smelled like chocolate covered strawberries. Like, it was, it yeah. was cool. Um, and Pete was, I was trying so hard to find Brewer's Gold. I called up everybody. I hit up more beer and they're like, no, dude. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Got that, And it was like, all right. But yeah, so then um, yeah, I probably should have hit up Hop Tech. I don't know if I mentioned this, but like, I probably wouldn't be in brewing if it wasn't for Hop Tech. So shout out to oh, nice over there. Nice. Actually, uh, Jade's in the chat saying hi. So Oh, cool. Sweet. Yeah. 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 Awesome. We love Jaden Yeah, yeah. same. Um, but yeah, so um, we uh, we did this, and honestly, I was I was pretty stoked for the fact that it was like you know we never had the opportunity to really kind of do something like that before, and to see how everybody responded to it, and I was like, people will drink this, <laughs> just like the oh, I'll just get a fight of it. So it was it was cool. I was very glad that it worked out. Has it sounds like it's gone over pretty well. Yeah. I mean, this beer isn't in production anymore. Kyle was actually the reason why we have so many cans. Kyle had just put away four packs and hit them very well yeah. and make sure that they were going to like be available for yeah, the trip. Like so. a true alcoholic, just hiding beer <laughs> all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, we have a secret stash of bourbon in the lab, and it's basically Kyle's bourbon that he brought by one time. <laughs> what? Like, there's yeah. bourbon in the yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> you, have, you used to have, like, a bottle of, like... I had Yamazaki. Yeah, you had Yamazaki 12 like, in the office. We just got alcohol hidden all over the place, so it's just... Yeah, like- you have to, man. <laughs> it's just... It's one of the things. Uh, I like this beer. It is very smooth. What's the um, fermentation temp? What are you logging this at? Uh, this one was uh, fermented at 52, and then um, basically we brought up to 55... Uh, towards the end of fermentation to just kind of do a diastole rest. Then from there, we um, slow dropped it to 50, um, trubed and harvested yeast, and then dry hopped. And then from there, let it rise to 60. I don't think it got up to 60. It probably got up around 55, 56 max. And then from there, it's just a slow, like three degrees per day until we hit 31 degrees Fahrenheit. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, and then this one, um, one thing that's a little different is this did receive BioFine. Okay, all right. It, it's a trip, man, because you you drink a, a brown beer like this, and it's malty, and it's, you know, there's these, the flavors and the, the caramel flavors, and you, you got a little of that pale chocolate in there, but you don't expect it to finish that sort of roundness at the end. You know, you want that, you, but you don't want that, but you exp- I expect that sort of carbonic bite or that lingering sweetness to sort of blend in together and it's it's a different sort of come down, I guess. We're just doing drug references, I guess. I'll show. Um, <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's just a, it's a different ride, man. And it's I, it's good. It's a, it's a pretty unique beer. I really like it. And uh, people, uh, it sounds like people were, were digging on it, uh, which again does sort of strike me as odd. I would never imagine, um, you know, people in Hawaii uh, uh, to yeah. be to be to be drinking, you know, colored beer, right? your browns and your reds and stuff like that. But you were saying in the last segment that that's sort of what people are into. Well, it's, it's been like, people are explorative still. Yeah. Mm. I think you, I think what's kind of happened is that, you know, obviously there's that like, you know, 2009, 2013, everybody had Belgian beers, everybody had, you know, like big, crazy, bitter IPAs. And now it's kind of gotten to where it's like, here's the standard of what you would see at a brew pub and, everybody's still trying their best to keep up with these styles, but then also introduce some of the new styles without letting those, you know, core, you know, what beers are like fall away. So like people are still producing those styles, but still like trying to throw a hazy, trying to throw something else out there. And, you know, I think even at our brewery, like I get upset when I look at the list and it's like, wow, we've got a blonde and like everything else is a hoppy beer. That's sad. And then, you know, yeah. just trying to make sure like we can have more styles represented. So hopefully once the new tanks come in, it'll allow us to do more and be able to have like Maintain more stuff. On. Yeah. Cause I really think that, you know, it's, it's sad when you see that it's just like, you only can get like a hazy or like here's 10 IPAs, here's one light beer, here's one dark beer, here's a sour. Yeah. I think, and yeah. most brewers want to make like a lot of different beers because it constantly like tricks your mind into like you thought you knew what you were doing but now you have to try and do it again Mm -hmm. and you're looking for different things in every single style and like that aspect of just constant change and constant growth is what drives at least in my opinion the brewers I've met to continue to create better beer like we do well when we're given challenges versus Mm. monotony yeah what do you think about that Teresa well I mean I I know I've said it more than once it's like there's there's plenty of room for almost everything but you know when you lean into these styles that not everybody does 
there's going to be plenty of market for that because, you know, we make a red ale. There's nobody is making a red ale right now. So that red ale is going to sell out super fast because people are like, I want to have a red ale. You know, it's not every bar in town. It's not every bottle shop, but you know, this is why we do this. You know, I know you guys feel the same way. It's like, we don't do this to make beer that sells out super fast every time. You know, we, we make this beer because we care about this beer and we want to educate the consumer and we want to enjoy it ourselves. Like we've made two, we made a Roush beer and we have a smoked Hellas on right now. (laughs) And I was like, I love it. I'm so happy that we were able to do that (laughs) and get away with it. And it sells just fine. And I'm like, you know what people like, don't be afraid. If we can sell a smoked Hellas, You can too. <laughs> I gotta. Sounds like I gotta order some. I gotta order some more beer from you, Teresa. Do, do you think? No, I'll and I, just send you some beer, JP. Oh well, shit. Thanks, man. Um, and this is for for both of you guys, actually. Do you, do you think that there's some aspect of of being a brewer where you're like, okay, I'm, I need a beer that's not gonna sell out instantly, that's gonna last three or four weeks, so I'm gonna do. I, I shouldn't call it colored beer, but it like like I'm gonna I'm gonna do a brown ale. <laughs> Definitely. You know what I mean? Or a red ale. You know what I mean? Like this is my, 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 my brain just doesn't work sometimes. So I have to like say the thing I shouldn't say in order to get to, to clear the cash. So I can then provide for, but it's like, like, do you, you know what I mean? Do you, do you go like, Oh, okay. Well I need to, I, I, I don't want to, our production isn't going to allow us to keep refilling these taps week after week after week. I have to have this tap being occupied for three weeks. Does that make sense? And it, and if so, is that a thing? Yeah, that's totally a thing. Okay, good. I mean, we I'm cool. We started doing a pale lager series, so it'd be, you know, the first one we did was just El Dorado. We did another one with Wakatu. Um, did another one with like Citra El Dorado, and I think we might add another one somewhere in there. But no, um, New Zealand Cascade. Well, the next one we're doing is like New Zealand Cascade, but it's like it's not something that somebody's going to be like, you know what, I really want tonight. <laughs> it's going to be something where it's like, oh, that sounds cool. I'll have that. Yeah, and like, it's not going to fly. Through. I think like what he's referring through, to is more like, like four weeks. you know, your your reds, your ESBs, your your obscure styles that mm-hmm. people yeah. don't necessarily gravitate towards. And well, and I I think the hard part is you have to make it blend with whatever list you're creating like if all of a sudden out of nowhere mm-hmm. it's like you've got one of those styles and it just it's like it's almost striking it's like you have the kid that's like dressed up as a clown in the class photo and you're like wait who's this guy <laughs> you've seen my class photo <laughs> then, yeah, so you're kind of trying to like you're trying to figure out like okay how do we blend all this so like one thing was I was really nervous to do reds and ambers, but I was like obsessed with like dark, like Negra Modelo. So I did because like that fills the void and like trying to find those balance of all that and see if people respond so we can try to start doing those other styles that aren't as popular, but we have that market for it versus. Yeah. Well, that's one of the best loggers that we have that sell out every damn time. It's such a good, it's such a good beer. Are you, when you guys are up in Sacramento, are you going to urban roots? Yeah, we're gonna try to um, hit it up and please do. Up. We're gonna we're gonna drop off some beer to Peter Hoey, see what he thinks. Yeah, Kyle yeah. already went up there and got to have okay. the ten degree and twelve degree. And I, had, like, I had lunch That's there cool. yesterday. What do you what do you yeah. like What do you like better, Kyle? Ten or twelve? Honestly, the ten. The ten degree. So for those of you who don't know, it's a it's a Czech style pills. I like it. I like it a lot. 
I think it's great. Um, his Mexican lager is great. All of his lagers are just very good. Yeah, they're, they're just good. very good. And they're uh, the Hef, the Floofster. If you like Hefs, like German Hefs, it's called the Floofster. Yeah, it's very, very good, man. It's like it has everything you want in a German style Hef. It's like not too over the top on either way, but like the 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 flavors are balanced so well, but they're like dialed up to like nine. It's just good, good stuff. My former anyway. head brewer just went to work there. She went to another brewery and then she just went to work there. And I'm honestly, I'm jealous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think she'd be a little proud too, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Like I'm, I'm, I'm proud of her. Yeah. We're all proud. That's yeah. awesome. Um, what should I open next? You okay, Joe? Pina. Or do you want to open the pina and see what that's like? Let's do it, man. Yeah. Let's do it. While I dig through the, uh, uh, the island uh, bagarino. Tell me, tell me what the pina hoplata is. <laughs> oh. Looks like that. Okay, yeah. thank you. Uh, so the oh, this one's got a good story too. It is. If you like pina hoplata, yeah, yeah. Um, but based, uh, so this was actually the first beer we. It's not, you know, the original one that we did, but this was the first beer we ever put in the cans, like during COVID. And it was the first time we had made it in that time, but it was on the list, but since before we opened. So um, Chrissy used to live with uh, Jose Arona, who's now, I think, the regional sales manager for 21A. Jose is a real homie. And he, all right, when he was roommates with Chrissy, he had this idea to do like a coconut pale ale. And it wasn't even supposed to be hazy. And I was like, oh, you want, you want to get like some pineapple in there too? And he was like, yeah. And uh, we were contract brewing for Hop Dogma at the time and his Citro was really pineapple for it. So I was like, I got some hops. I can just pull a couple ounces off of and just like throw it into this like 10 gallon homebrew. So we did that. And you know, we make this beer. I put it on tap and then me and Chrissy go away for a little bit. And Jose had already pulled off like a growler of it, like took it home. And I had gotten to have a little bit. Yeah, we had had and- a pint. It was back in the day when like I was I was a sales rep for another brewery and Josh worked at EJ Fair. And so on the weekends, we would go off and do all the beer festivals, you know, hang out and, you know, get back to home come Monday. And so we were gone all weekend. And but we had had a pint before we left. We got yeah. back on Monday and it was like, fuck, like, let's have one of those beers. Like, damn, that was good. And it was all gone because Josh's roommates had drank all of it. No, he's not. <laughs> I have a like, I was so times I was so and put pissed. it in. And I come back and the keg fucking blows. And I walk in, I'm like, yo, why is the keg blowing? And they're like, dude, it was so good. And I'm just like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. I'm living in Hancock. And like, it was, it was a great living situation. It was like 400 a month. It was a room with like two other stoner dudes and like one dollar pizza. And it was awesome. Dude, that sounds nice. <laughs> That's yeah. legit. And especially you can you can brew that much beer and then have people help you clean it out. Yeah. I mean, even well, now I'm at the point where it's like, for this particular one, that sucks. But like, I, I'm have a hard, I have a hard time clearing five gallons of the same beer because, you know, it's like, whatever. Um, hazy beer. Yep. I would definitely make fun of this beer on Instagram for sure. Go for it. Oded Coconut IPA. Yeah. So it's. 20% uh, oats, and then the base is Pilsner, and then some acidulated. It's Citra and Eldorado in the Whirlpool. And then we dry hop this. This is actually dry hopped at two pounds per barrel. 
So it's it seems um, like a lot, doesn't it? Is that a lot? Two no, pounds per barrel? Really. No. Okay. Honestly, like especially after coming back out here, and so I say two pounds <laughs> per barrel. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> So yeah, we'll fuck, we'll fuck you up out here, dude, for sure. Yeah. Well, and we used to dry hop at like, you know, three to four pounds per barrel, but on hazies especially, we would have to have like a lagering time because there's so much stuff in suspension. So you have to have everything just kind of fall out and soften up. So mm-hmm. we started using cryo hop. So we do 66% T90, 33% cryo. Um, and I've, I've liked the results a lot better. I found better stability through that um it's better yield better yields as well mm. um so yeah it's basically you know two pounds per barrel citra eldorado with cryo citra in there and then we i think this was sort of for a 30 barrel batch it was, was it 50 pounds of coconut or 75 75, 75. wow yeah. yeah but then it was like half of it was toasted half of it was untoasted and then it's just gets recirculated um we transfer this beer to a bright tank Recirculated on coconut, then carve it up. Okay. Wow. So it's it's a pretty extensive process, I guess. So I would not want this to be a staple. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'll just use coconut flavoring, you guys. Come on. Jeez. No, yeah. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> believe me, we were like, well, what do these taste like? And then I was just like, oh, dear God. No, they're yeah. not good, dude. They're, no, they're not good at all. Wow, this beer is a trip to smell, man. I'm still like sort of digesting the aromas because it is pineapple essence. It almost smells like a Dole Whip or like it smells, you know, it's not like pineapple, pineapple, like the acidity and the thing, but it is, it's like um, overripe pineapple, I guess. You know, you cut up pineapple and you leave it in the fridge for a week. Um, And then it's like, it's like what I would consider more true pineapple. And that's just from the hops. Yeah. 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 So, well, the, the yeast we use is the Barbarian strain that's from BSI. So it's a derivative of like the Conan East Coast strain. So like Giga yeast, you know, was you doing the Vermont? I think some other people have others, but um, <laughs> that that yeast is really interesting. It definitely, peachy yeah, peachy pineapple. Um, mm-hmm. Like Mosaic, when we use neutral yeast, it throws a lot of green mango with our lot. When we use it with this strain, it throws a lot of cantaloupe. So it was really interesting kind of getting used to it, but, um, peachy pineapple cantaloupe. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's very yeast forward on this beer, but I think just because we transferred off of the fermenter into the bright tank prior to all this, we actually end up, um, getting a lot of the yeast out of solution. So it's a lot more shelf stable. We've mm-hmm. had to unitank a lot of our hazies. And I think one thing I've noticed is I, there's, there's definitely a, a a stability like factor involved like okay. it, it still holds up like and everything like that but this trip has been really interesting trying to see like well what happens like what are what are <laughs> yeah. people who buy our beer that are going to the mainland back with it actually drinking when they get back mm-hmm. so this has been kind of an eye-opener so yeah because you can't you can't keep it cold on the plane yeah or in your yeah. car I mean, or probably barely in your hotel room. I mean, you know, you got that little mini fridge. You maybe you can have like five at a time in there, but you're going to drink those. If your hotel has a mini fridge. True. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, back in the day, you know, you're at NHC and you have like, you go to the the ice maker and you fill your sink with ice and you can maybe cool down three beers that way, but those are gone. And then what? So yeah, that's, I mean, that is a really good experience. So what are you, what are you seeing from that as the days progress? Cause I imagine you're also bringing your own beer to drink. Um, 
what are you seeing with that sort of yeah we've been so used to drinking yeah i've been like i don't want to drink my beer i want to see where everybody else is at what's going on because it's been a year and a half of just like okay i mean that's a good point but are you but aren't you curious about how it's holding up and like oh we've been we've been been doing that yeah okay oh let's relax at the end of the night with our beer it's been like yeah we sent these beers in the brewing network we need to panel all this okay all right it's it's more work than enjoyment i got you okay well in that frame though what are you what are you finding about about shelf stability and how things changing and or not but the hazies have actually held up better than the west coast yeah and really yeah interesting i don't get it i think yeah they're definitely holding up better than the west coast the west coast are getting a bit more of a sweeter rounder finish than i've been used to like when they're actually from the source and when they're taking care of the whole time like they usually are yeah they're not as bright and they're not as crisp in a dry finish like they're getting a sweeter malty finish at the end that i'm not used to with our beer it's really odd and that's why we're not tasting any west coast today so feels like summer (laughs) you can do it man we can go through it if you want i told you i was gonna do it because i'm only because i'm curious yeah, I want to know. The, this is the whole thing with like sending your beer to competition, huh? Because it's like, how well can that beer be kept, and like, what are yeah. all the conditions it's yeah. going to go through? And I also Craft just beer is a oh, delicate. Well, we haven't said anything what? to competition yet. You talk or, about stuff. About this beer? Yeah, you talk about stuff, Kyle. Feels like summer. Yeah, Kyle, tell me about this beer. Kyle. Uh, hey, Kyle. Well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, beyond that. If you ask a brewer to talk about his beer, he'll be the first person no, to I actually, talk shit about I, it. I actually didn't think it was that bad. I just opened one up a couple hours ago, but it's not. A couple really- hours ago. <laughs> I love patio you, upstairs, and we just couldn't resist. It's like, fuck, you want to have beers on like a patio in San Francisco? Like, Got to yeah, do it, yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and that's mainly why I wanted to, to open it up and talk about it briefly, you know, with you guys, because I wonder if it is as bad as you think it is. It's always going to be worse because you made it. I mean, every show I've ever edited on this program is like, this is the worst piece of shit I've ever done in my entire <laughs> life. So, Aaron, I'll do it. What do you think's wrong with it before I tell you? Like, <laughs> it's like you were saying, Chrissy, like there's like a sweetness and you're not used to that. It's more of a crisper thing. No, the main thing that I this find. This one is, has more of a pronounced bitterness than. than more about that, like. I think the main thing is, it's just like, the, it, it tastes like old IPA. And I think it's because mm-hmm. it went through heat reactions, it which just catalyzed. Dunked a little. Yeah, it, it ca- yeah. there's a catalyst for oxidative reactions of whatever might have been in that can. So then it kind of starts tasting like old IPA because it got cooked. Yeah. Versus like, I don't know, that, that's just what I think. Yeah, I mean, it, it is it is a harsh... It's a little harsh. Yeah. And um, it sounds like from all of your other beers that th- it shouldn't be that way. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, it was honestly one of those things where I like, I started sweating at a friend's house. Cause I was just like, I basically sent this in to kind of go on the internet to get judged right here by the guy who literally is like, I will not drink anything above like 5% alcohol. <laughs> me so i mean i don't know Basically, I just, that's me yeah 
Yeah, I guess at the end of the day, it was something where like I was really disappointed because we literally had canned this Monday and flew out Tuesday. And to see just like oh, how dude. quickly something can degrade with like heat well, was something where it's like, like multiple okay. Multiple days though, multiple days. Yeah, being in sitting a in a suitcase. In a suitcase in San Luis Obispo and driving. Like that's what. Yeah, it's. It's a bad time to be out here and like transporting beer unrefrigerated. And, and, you know, we talked about on the show, uh, on the show, God bless, we talked about it before the show. So it's not like a blind side. I told you I wanted oh, to yeah. talk about it a little bit. Um, but just for this conversation, because sometimes we, we, we forget that beer is very fragile or it can be very fragile. Some beers can, can be fine, some beers can't. And I don't know what that is is you know i i guess it's one of those things where just a case-by-case basis but uh it's obviously really important to transport your beers very carefully and if you can't you're sort of at the whim of of the elements and that's i mean that's got to be tough to sort of worry about as you send your cases out you know your babies out into the world yeah well and thankfully at least our local distribution it's you know we don't have to worry about that i mean we're not one of the distributor or anything like that, but yeah. definitely for something like this is important because a lot of our customer base does take beers back. And, you know, for something that it was like, wow, it was this fresh and this is how it's tasting just after having to go through a road trip and everything like that is like, you know, well, what do we like, what, where should we even start as far as like making sure that it'll hold something? Cause I mean, I've held on to like a bottle of Sierra Nevada pale for three months and then it tastes like Sierra Nevada pale. Same dude. Yeah. And it's in a totally. fridge. Right. So you know, there's a retardation as far as like those oxidative reactions, but like yeah. still there's respect for that shelf yeah. space so, and how long it's been so able to hold thing. true to. <laughs> Kyle wants to move on. Yeah, and I get it. I mean, Kyle's very uncomfortable, and I, I totally understand. <laughs> I definitely get it. I will say this though, for for the sake of conversation, like, yeah, actually digesting this issue, like, there's two things that come to mind. One is that I, I had some front of house managers that didn't understand why we didn't fill outside growlers, and especially in Hawaii, mm. where it's still developing that kind of education for the consumer it pissed off consumers. Cause it's like, well, I already bought a growler. Why the fuck do I need to buy yours? Like, yeah. You know, why do I have to spend more money and ours? Ours are double wall vacuum insulated, like, you know, hydro flasks basically. Okay. Yeah. So like I got those because one, we have a crawler machine. So if you don't want to invest in that, you can get a can to go, no problem. But otherwise being in Hawaii, if you want to enjoy this on the beach, shit's not gonna hold up if it's in a can no yeah put it in a growler and it'll actually stay colder for longer like my intent was the quality first but you know it is driving it further home that it's like no yep quality first don't don't worry about that there's no point to doing anything if it's not gonna be good exactly there's no point yeah exactly but i think sometimes you give you give people more credit than is due possibly because they don't have the, they don't have the palate to understand the difference between, you know, marginalized quality and perfect quality. Mm-hmm. Cause it's, it's not like it went completely bad. It's like, it's a little bit less than it could have been, but what they're cherishing is like, they had this really cool experience at your place and they wanted to take beer to go and they're enjoying that experience again, but it's not, 
they they may not actually be able to distinguish. Well, and that's why wrong there. Yeah, right. and that's why right. I wanted to taste this West Coast because I don't think that the average beer drinker would know that it's off. But I understand the fact that you guys would know that it's off and it wouldn't sit well. And I respect that. And I, I, I 100% understand that. Just like from a creative standpoint, I get it. And that's why I think selling, making and selling beer is a hard business to be in mentally because you have all of these environmental factors that like weigh in on shit. But you think about it before you open your brewery, like I'm just going to fucking make beer and sell it. And it's going to be fucking rad. And then you go, well, now it's hot. And I had to ship shit and the whole West coast is on fire. And then we have to take this over. And then now what that's going to do to my beer. And then I'm just going to be laying awake at night, wondering about all these people going, what am I? I'm never buying this again. But nobody, I think nobody's well, thinking that. You know, we went to Firestone. We, we got to stop at Firestone Walker and tour. And like, we got to meet like Dustin, who's like the head brewer and everything. Yeah, and Dustin's I, red. Like, I actually tried it at like Brendan's place and slow. I was just like, Oh dear God, I gave this to people. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. But, but no, but like you're a little hard on yourself like, though. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's been a re- it's it's a good learning experience. Yeah. And I think it's gonna be something that like going back, we can start. back to the lab. Yeah, no, and honestly, <laughs> even even Kyle said, like, you know, hey, best best beers I've ever done was when I went off to the mainland and then collabed and then come back and then have that fresh restart and see what everybody else is doing. So mm-hmm. yeah. I'm really excited nice. to see kind of like when we get back and be like, all right, we got to play around with everybody else. Let's go and like, let's fucking do this. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, all right. We're going to take another quick break. It's the last break. We're going to come back. We're going to drink a couple more beers, talk a little bit more uh, beer and, uh, you know, whatever else we can get into. You know what I mean? So hang on, everybody. It's the session. You're on with Hanakoa Brewing from Hawaii. And uh, and I I love you. Segmented. Demented. Fermented. Fermented. It's the session. Hey, thanks for hanging on, everybody. I sincerely really appreciate it. We are back on with Hanakoa Brewing from Hawaii. And I'm about to drink a hazy double IPA. This is definitely, uh, these last two segments have not been my favorite, uh, but this one is called Cage Off, and it's like Face Off, but it's not. <laughs> it's Josh and Kyle's faces looking very intense, uh, and I really appreciate it on the, on the, on the front of the can. So a lot better than we really look. You well, Photoshop is awesome, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it looks like you have the face smoothing um, filters on and uh, a little bit of eye makeup potentially. I don't know. I just like to say that male models help people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Tell me about cage off, please. <laughs> Kyle, you go for it. Yeah, Kyle, let's hear your, your dulcet tones, man. It originally started out as a collaboration between the previous brewery I was at and, and Josh. And um, it was Cage the Fury. So it was uh, Nicholas Cage as Joe Exotic in a cage with a tiger. <laughs> okay. Was, you guys went for it, man. That was the original collaboration. And that was all Galaxy and Mosaic. Mosaic. Yeah. Okay. And this one, we didn't want to go that route, but we wanted to do pretty much the same thing, same genre, and went with um, Sabro, Simcoe, Motuere, and Motueka. Okay, and, that yeah, sounds good. It kind of turned into a fruit salad, uh, Imperial Hazy IPA. 
with our face on it. <laughs> was it was it meant to be um, an imperial? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Is there a, a big market for imperial beers? I know we've, we've talked a little bit about brown ales, and now people are sort of explorative and stuff, but imperials, I think, are... I don't know if they're a tough side. I don't know, because I don't I really see them. Hawaii, Hawaii has a lot of ABV hunters. Okay, so they, really? Okay. They, <laughs> yeah. Okay. They just want the high alcohol, whatever, get some drunk. They're there with their family, one, yeah. two drinks. What can I get and get out? They're feeling good. So we, <laughs> we put 8% Doppelbach and pints, and that oh. beer blew. And I was it like, blew. oh, didn't expect that. Yeah. God bless, man. That, that ABV scan people are doing, they're like, I yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do it too, but from for the opposite reasons. Yeah, me too. <laughs> go, what can I, uh, what can I spend the most on, or what can I buy the most and still drive home? This is a wild beer, Teresa. I wish you had some of this beer so you can tell me what I'm what I'm You're supposed to be tasting. It. She'll get it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm two days away. It doesn't help me now though. It sounds it sounds really good. I I. You know, I still don't like gravitate towards hazy IPAs, but when I get a good one, it's like I get all jazzed up because, I mean, there's a fair number that I don't particularly enjoy. They're hard for me, and so maybe I'll have you guys help like coach me through what I'm tasting because they're they're hard for me to figure out because they're not flavors I'm used to tasting, and it's hard to get my vocabulary wrapped around beers like this when I don't have them enough. Your move, Kyle. That's yeah, Kyle. <laughs> I told you, Kyle, we're going to get to you, and this is you, so let's go, baby. Yeah, you. <laughs> I mean, I could, I'd say this one in specific pulled out a lot of lemon, lime, cantaloupe. Uh, it's a little more juicy for a hazy, I think. I, usually when I gravitate towards hazies, I like a little bit more dry, kind of a, a West Coast hazy mix, and this okay. is not it. It's very juicy. <laughs> very yeah. easy. It's like the 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 fruit gushers gum where you don't expect the the juice to be inside but then it is. Yeah, it is very smooth. It's not like pillowy or cl- I mean it is pillowy or whatever, but you have that the the firm bitterness to sort of back it up. It definitely is an imperial IPA because I can I can feel the the alcohol in the esophagus, the esophageal region, if you will, because I'm a doctor. Esophageal? Esophageal. That's the, you know, the general area, right? <laughs> um, I'm so, going to call them sours. <laughs> but it is... Uh, esophagus? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely definitely cantaloupe, melon, um, what's the honeydew? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get a little of that more than necessarily a cantaloupe thing. little guava. Mango. At this point, we're just basically like pulling fruit off the trees. Yeah. yeah. I know. It's like a big bowl of fruity goodness. It's a fruit yeah. salad. It was yeah. a, I, I will say this, like I, Kyle was raving about this thing, like when it was in tank and it was carved and I was like, he's like, this is like the best hazy we've done. I was like, there's, there's no way, man. And then like I was <laughs> off lawn and I pulled off a 10 ounce just to be like, well, let's see. That 10 ounce was gone in maybe four minutes. And that's when I realized, like, oh, my God, what did we make? (laughs) I mean, it's a 9% beer. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't, I mean, this is the thing about hazy imperial beers is that mouthfeel-wise and flavor-wise, you don't really, it can hide the alcohol well. I feel it. I feel the warmth. 
<laughs> but it's like sort of too late at that point. You've already had it. Yeah. So I feel like this is pretty dangerous, man. Yeah, it's it's something I told all the bartenders and servers like, hey, if somebody's ordering a third one, Be look careful. at the time. Yeah. <laughs> I really like to keep the bathrooms clean. Yeah, I, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, you almost need like a like a two within forty five minute limit. Yeah. Well, I tried doing that one time with a beer where I was like limit two per customer and people <laughs> yeah. lost their shit. They're like, really? what do you mean I can only get two? And yeah. I'm like, whoa. Was yeah. yeah, I was with Bronin and people lost their shit. And I'm like, I'm just trying to be responsible here. And everybody's well, like, you I would be that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, were that guy. I mean, yeah. you were that guy because you were you were oh, for us yet. And you were pissed. And like with that beer specifically, the other one that we did, we did a different rendition with Lily Boy. So it had even more fruit added to it. And people were pissed that they couldn't have more than one in mm. 10 ounce pours. And well, it was a five gallon keg. So I'm like, yeah, dude, it's a five gallon keg of this stuff. Like it's one 10 ounce per customer. Yeah, but it, it's that weird line that you draw where like for me, I'm front of house side, I'm marketing, I'm sales. And so it's like, well, you don't want to piss off the customer that's stoked on it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. but you also don't want them to get in a car wreck as well. It's yeah, yeah I prefer they get balance. pissed off and get home safe. A hundred percent. Yeah, get pissed off. Don't be get pissed. Like yeah. drunk, yeah. pissed drunk, right, well, or something. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Like, work on that marketing. It's fine. Like, handle their alcohol. That's a good sign for up on the wall there. <laughs> it's not bad, right? Yeah. yeah, I know. I was gonna say. I'll give that to you guys. That hasn't been coined yet. Like you might want to look into it. Yeah, I'll, you guys take it for free. Just if you sell any of it, I get ten percent. That's the <laughs> royal. That's a really yeah. good deal. Okay, uh, welcome to the Shark Tank. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> Yeah, that's got. I mean, that's got to be a challenge. And we've talked, uh, I think, like a lot about challenges on this show. And I don't know why I'm like so, so sort of stuck on it, but um, yeah, I, I feel like I don't know. Maybe because the it sounds like the Hawaiian beer market is different than the West Coast. You guys tell me. Way it's different. about ten years behind. Is it okay? Yeah, it's, that's it's why. Really? That's why yeah. your your darker beers are selling well. That's why your reds and your browns are selling. Well, and I think the other aspect is that you've got a small market that is yeah. really hyperactive in the whole thing. And the rest of the general market is just being exposed to what they would normally see in the grocery store. I mean, like mm. one of the better moving mainland beers that we have in Hawaii is Modern Times. Modern Times yeah. yeah. Really? And, you know, it's like that's wow. kind of what comes through and people like respond to that. But then other than that, there's some other ones. But it's not like like you come out here and you look at how many beers are on the shelf that are just within like a 20 mile radius and you're just like oh wow like this is insane we're bringing back another suitcase yeah <laughs> are <And> you really <laughs> yeah <laughs> but and i think that's the hard part too is like you know it hawaii is a very young in a young place when it comes to craft beer like it's it's really a great opportunity to be able to try to build that aspect of the culture and the community and I think it's good because all of us are really starting to work together. Whereas before it might've been something where everybody was very competitive. Cause it's like, Hey, this might be a smaller pond than we expect. So it's nice to have that optimism of like, Hey, we can grow this as long as we make ourselves accessible. We involve ourselves with people and we do what we can to try to make this as approachable as pro- possible. A, a lot yeah. of education. Definitely. Okay. But on, on the other side of that, your your loggers are your big sellers, and to me, those it's like a 
like a well, juxtaposition of the thing. Normally, it's like the hazies. That's like probably the hazies, okay. Probably it was one weekend. And, no, it wasn't the employees. Okay. Yeah. It was the one weekend when we <laughs> came out the mugs that it was like, that was our main celebrate. Normally, it's like yeah. hazy IPA sells West Coast IPA two to one. But even then, West Coast IPA is like coming up second. And then everything else kind of falls into like similar lines and everything like that. Well, and there's, yeah. there's two notes to that. Like, yes. Cycle sauce is so new. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's somebody, newness, yeah. but there's two parts to that. Like, yes, we have loggers that are selling faster, but that's different compared to other breweries out there. Um, we do have a weird hyper local market that is interested in craft. And then there's the broad spectrum of people that drink Heineken at the beach. But then we have all of the tourists coming in from who knows where. So mm-hmm. you've got people coming in from, you know, the Midwest that are Alaska. used to, you know, even the Bay Farmstead, Area, tons of Bay Area lots people. of people from Bay Area, Alaska. Yeah. All over the place, you know, Australia, lots of Japanese. Um, mm. So we get a weird, diverse culture of tourism mm. that I feel like a lot of other places don't get. Yeah, I guess I forget that. As much as like Hawaii is is a destination, it's an international and statewide. Like, very international. It's really yeah, fifty thousand people arriving a day. Yeah, is it really? Well, yeah, yeah, that yeah. makes me physically ill. It, yeah, I know, especially with like everything. That's yeah, going Lini, on right now. you if you ever come out, do not stay in Waikiki. It's gonna feel like a Walking Dead. Well, no, I mean, no, no. not for you to stay if you need one. Oh, but, thanks, man. Like it, there's that, and also with tourism everybody wants that like free tote bag or that like extra little you know buyback offer and when we released our you know slow chill pills the one that we drank like a few ago Mm -hmm. um that one we released that special glass with it where it's like it's it's in a mug it's a different glass for there nothing else is getting poured in that glass so i think it was the novelty of it getting into a different style that of glass that people were going to partake in mm-hmm. and pour all about it. So hmm. it's, well, it's it weird. Different. Like, yeah. It was, it was okay. very different and unique. And I, I think that it's the same thing as out here. It's an ADD mentality. Everybody is looking for what's new. What's, what's, what's the next thing. And so if you're, I mean, even now, like we just ordered cryo pop from Yakima chief. I'm looking at getting the freeze dried whole cone. If I, I even looked at getting phantasm, which was like dried, like yeah. grape must, which we'll, we'll see how that is. Okay. After I had a couple of beers and wasn't too impressed. Honestly, even if we don't get it, like I will yeah. say it's the first time I've ever had to fill out an application to purchase a product. <laughs> and what i do and i was yeah. like looking for your resume yeah like i was like bro oh my gosh. Are, you, like, are you hype enough yeah but yeah I, it's, it's <laughs> a very interesting product so i was like at the end of the day whatever we can do to continuously be like this is new this is this is interesting this is different like we kind of have to do it but it's difficult to be able to dial in your process for everything when that's what you're constantly doing so it almost presents a new challenge of having to figure out best practices with new products like right. all in like one go it's like hey here's a wave you never rode before just fucking figure it out and get on it yeah and then we're not going to have the wave come back again for you to figure out what you did wrong for like yeah, six months or whatever much. yeah but i i will say like with the way that things are going i'm very hopeful that we get to like revisit beers that were like mm-hmm. hey that did really well we really like that let's improve upon that 
you know, we've been doing. Oh, we have a list. Yeah, we we do like every beer that we do. We constantly look back, like, oh, this is what we do different. This is this, and you know what? You know what? I I failed to even bring up is when did you guys open? How long have you been brewing beer? November 2019. Hell yeah! So right at that sweet spot, baby. That's right. (laughs) That's right. The four months old when pandemic hit. Yeah, like the last. The last good Christmas sleep that you've had, probably. No, okay, all right. How was? But, I, I mean, say this, like, yeah. this was right in the crux yeah. of us. I mean, and like, uh, the the first yeah. year anniversary, of the week of, I totally forgot to crash a fermenter, and it's like eight o'clock at night, and I was like, yeah, I got a bile. Oh, I never crashed that, and I just fucking cried. <laughs> oh my god! Damn. But then the next day, Kyle came to volunteer on the line, and I was like, he like noticed a couple things, and. Uh, he had just left he knew he was going to pursue a different project and i was like hey would you want to work here and he was like yeah totally and i was just like thank fucking god yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i was already there today so. yeah so okay yeah why not uh why not pay you at the same time yeah. <laughs> you know get you free beer and, and pay you how was opening a brewery in hawaii because i've always heard it's like one of the things about brewing on the islands is that it everything's expensive did that sort of play into yes. that like yeah. wh- why are we going to do this or i mean josh you're from hawaii right yeah yeah so i was i was born and raised in hawaii and actually um like i'm actually native hawaiian so like the school i went to you had to be of native hawaiian ancestry to attend can i so can a, i say the secret yeah can you I? can say the secret oh here we go oh, here we man. go exposure time chrissy let's go okay. all let's right go. so Josh was actually on Lilo and Stitch as a kid in the children's choir. No. Really? So he drunk enough, he will sing Hawaiian Roller Coaster Ride. And he told me before this. <laughs> wait, like, wait. You can't say that anymore after I'm a few beers deep. And I was like, well, it's on you. Like, if you want so to- you were in the movie? Yeah, so we sang uh, <laughs> Hey Mele No Lilo and Hawaiian Roller Coaster Ride, uh, part of Kamehameha School's Children's Chorus. It was like four years. Wow! So that's Amazing. how you open your. That's how you open the brewery from the from the. Uh, no, that's how I got a car funds. that I. That's definitely, how we got his first car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait, really? You got paid that well? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it was like forty kids, and they signed us up for Screen Actors Guild, and like, oh, you know, yeah. all of a sudden, in middle school. He I, has like, an IMDb. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I'm That's gonna look at the second. <laughs> There's a YouTube video of Baby Josh and Oh, it's adorable. It looks exactly <laughs> like had a beard. <laughs> That's <laughs> wild, man. That is wild. So he is native Hawaiian. Like Yeah, so it was okay. documented through Disney. It's definitely <laughs> well, they're the arbiters of everything cultural, so you can't Yeah. Well anyway, so like as far as like opening a brewery, I think you know, obviously, city planning and all that aspect, and I say everything's hard to say. It's, it's really hard. hard. Yeah. You can you can go for it, or I'll you just don't want to sing roller coaster. Definitely the hardest. But I I think one of the things that was most difficult was trying to figure out like, well, what works and what doesn't work because you really don't know. Like you can ask, like our business model is kind of different from what everybody else was doing. And I think, you know, if I, if I could go back in time, I think one thing I would have started out with would have been cans, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I would have been able to pull it off. Well, before hmm. when we were opening, um, yes, it is extremely expensive. We took over a 10,000 square foot warehouse, um, 
5,000 square feet of it is for the brewery, the production cold box. The other 5,000 is for the dine-in kitchen. We have a full um, restaurant and bar. Um, Plus we now have, we have a whole cocktail program. We have a too. huge cocktail program. Really? Curtis oh, right. Now you're yes, talking. Bartender, he, he makes amazing cocktails. Um, but we have a really cool program going, but it, it was a lot of build out and, Actually, when when I was talking to Reagan from local, she was like, "Well, how many like how many people do you have on staff?" And I was like, "Oh, about 60. And she's like, "16." I was like, "No, six zero, sixty. And she's like, "Holy, I I've got like fourteen. Wow. Like, well, I mean, you've got way less overhead than we do, but like we have to have that much staff in order for the kitchen to run for everything else. So yeah, it's really expensive. But and it's just high. You know, no, but I mean, we've also no, got yeah, like a suite and, yeah, yeah, and then we've got the other everywhere. person coming on yeah, too. Yeah. So it's going to be a team of five. Like it's, it's a big space and it was honestly, and it's expensive to produce. It was and a monster. To create. Now we, we went into it knowing that we were going to get, you know, what was going to last us a long time instead of trying to scrimp and save because we mm-hmm. had enough of an investor to be able to sustain us. Okay. Uh, and we're Good. really lucky for that. Yeah. So without that, yeah, we would be putting duct tape on everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, a few things we could put a screw in. And... Well, it seems... <laughs> yeah. screws yeah. are cheap enough, but investing, I mean, that's, I mean, that's a, a, a great point is that, uh, and one that you can't ever hammer home enough is that you need more money than you'll ever think you need. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think and more time yeah. for construction, more time yeah. for construction. Okay. Like the construction took two years. No, can I just say this? We broke ground in December 2018. We were supposed to get married in June 2019. Oh, yeah. So don't plan a wedding while building a brewery. Yeah, definitely don't <laughs> plan a wedding while building a brewery. Because we got married at well, we got married somewhere else and then had the reception at the brewery. Yeah. Yeah. So the week of the wedding, it's Wednesday that we got water, yeah, Thursday nice. that we got power, Friday that we, we got the bar top installed. <laughs> And then Saturday night, people dancing on the bar top. So, like, if there's one thing I know, I, I know I'm going to be people. with him forever because that would have broken us before it ever happened. Yeah. Like, and mind you, like, for sure. still laying down horizontal and everything like that. They weren't like, even in the upstairs. brewery. No, it was, we had, no, they were there. Yeah. Like, it was, like, all covered up and everything. So, it was, you know, I yeah. built the draft. Like, literally, so Kyle Manigold, like, basically the best man, like, comes down and, yeah. like, I... I was like, Hey, I, I got to set up this draft system today. Like I started getting, he's like, fucking do it, man. Let's go. And so we just started <laughs> yeah, and everything like that. Yeah. And oh, honestly, he is, he is the Rick to my Morty and okay. the rickiest Rick would have the Mortiest Morty. That's right. <laughs> were your, uh, were your wedding, uh, your reception gifts just basically hammers. So everyone could just do work oh, after yeah. the party. It's like, Oh, you're going to leave. Do me a favor. Just frame this door, please. Before you go. So I need you. you might actually appreciate this. So during our ceremony, we want to do a beer blending ceremony, which originally entailed very fancy stuff. Well, that no, didn't no. happen. Originally, it was supposed to be like two different kinds of sour. So that way we could blend it. We have plans of expanding into a barrel program and a sour facility. So I was like, well, that's perfect. We can start it before we were ever opened, have that kind of you know, birthing ceremony of these blends and these lambics, essentially. Still in the okay. works. That never happened. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so then that day, I was like, I turned to my friend, I'm like, what does the liquor store have? He's got, oh, they got Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. I'm like, fucking Done. perfect. 
Let's do that. So we literally just blend Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. We do the ceremony, the do the reception. Beer. Same beer in the same box. Yeah. The next morning, we're coming in the brewery, and in the center of the bar, the bar is cleaned off. Here's this lone can of Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. And all I can think was, did Ken Grossman fucking Santa Claus me today? <laughs> when we blended those, blended the same beer together, yeah. it was two bottles. So he bought a six pack of two bottles. There were no cans in sight. There was no reason. No one at the brewery had any cans of Sierra Nevada. No one knows where it came from. We asked people. We looked around. No cans. Wow. It was the spirit of Ken Byron. We sent Byron over there and he dropped off a can. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Yeah. He's great, by the way. He is. Oh, Byron. I am. Classic. Cool dude. Like. Uh, Love me some Byron. Love one of my favorite people. Yeah, good dude, friendly guy. Um, yeah. Well, that sounds like a party. Like paper towel trick. Have you seen that? Can yes, that? yes, yeah. We did like the whole like tasting thing. My friend house all the time. Like I was like, that's genius. Thank you for talking about that. Like he's, he's wild, dude. He's wild. Mm-hmm. All right, I cracked the Baltic Porter. Okay, right. go. We're doing it. Oh, what yeah, is talking about beer? Is it called? <laughs> oh yeah, Thunder Horse. Thunder Horse. So uh, if anybody's gotten a chance to play Assassin's Creed Valhalla, that's the inspiration for this beer. <laughs> I haven't. I, I I played a few of those games, but uh, I don't know why I didn't do that one. Thanks, Josh. It'll, it'll get better. Just let it mellow out. Just drink the foam, bro. <laughs> did you pour it like an asshole? Yeah, no, he poured I really it like did. Hillary. Okay, yep, yeah, you sure did. Well, I will say it's probably the plastic cup, but uh, yeah, that was probably a little, uh, you know, you don't have your fancy faucet. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's Just probably what I, it is. Uh, provide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Tell me about this Baltic Porter. You said you've never done one before. Yeah. So um, this is my first time drinking it. No, it's it not. Is really? It? Oh, yeah. sweet. Damn. Well, we canned it and packaged it Monday me too. before we left. So I'll let you tell so, the story, Josh. Okay. So basically, um, <laughs> I'm not I surprised. Baltic, I wanted to do a Baltic Porter. Based on Metalocalypse's song "Thunder Horse," I thought that was going to be where you were going with the name. Cool, honestly, yeah. I love that fucking show. So I, I love that band. Um, but yeah, so the whole and then also I was playing the video game and I was like, "This is fucking great. We should do this." And um, I, I wanted to do something that we could potentially throw into barrels, um, something that you know would also do well on its own. Um, I had never done the style. I reached out to some friends and. You know, the first recipe I throw out there, everybody's just like, whoa, whoa, meow. That's that's way too simple. And really? Like, oh, that's a great recipe. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. So there's there's a there's it's like Pilsner, Vienna, Munich, Special B, Crystal, Medium. Um, there's like Carafa 2, that's the Desus. There's Midnight Wheat. Um, I think bit. there's like yeah, there's a couple other things, I think, too. But it's a very extensive malt bill. Um, so we have to do this in two batches on our system. So the mash filter is great, um, but you can only go up to a certain Play-Doh with it before you can do half batches. So for something like this, we had to, you know, do two batches. And uh, the first batch, it was like, you know, 275 pounds of Munich. Well, the second batch was 27 and a half pounds of Munich. <laughs> and, <laughs> wow. And it was basically like, I asked. can't write. 
Yeah, my handwriting. <laughs> I should have been a doctor. But it was funny because I walk up to Kyle and I'm like, why are there like four bags of Unicare? He's like, uh, dude, you only needed a half bag. And I was like, no. And he's like, what? <laughs> and then he's like, the starting gravity is like 14 Play-Doh. And I'm like, that's not going to work. So we started <laughs> dextrose in. Yeah, we just started <laughs> dumping dextrose in. Just be like, well, I guess let's just get it up. And it was a happy it, accident. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I had little trees. with you when that happened because you were like, wait a second, wait a second. Hold on, I got, I gotta yeah. go buy it. And then all of a sudden, he gets back. And he's like, so, so we don't have enough. Don't, don't be mad at me. I don't know what's And I was like, what do you mean? Like, what, what's happening? And then he explained it. I was like, well, I mean, let's, let's hope for the best and see what happens. Like, yeah, how beers get invented. So, what, what's your opinion? Because I, I have, I haven't been trained in like what to expect from a Baltic. All I've heard is you want to give them everything and nothing at the same time. Mm. Like kids. Mm. Like what? Like kids, like children. You want to give them everything, but then not, I don't know. Um, <laughs> and then take it away and see how they react. Yeah. Yeah. You want to give them every opportunity, but you want to make them work for it at the same time. Yeah. I'm just glad that I haven't heard you have another laser incident. Laser? Yeah. Laser about? shits. Me? Oh, yo, with my kid? Yeah, no, that was a one-time deal. Oh, <laughs> thank God. What do I think? Um, it's it's a lot. There's a lot going on in here. Um, so I definitely need to sit with it, which is why I wish Teresa. If you drink some, we'll compare notes afterwards. Even though it doesn't help the show at all, yeah. right now. <laughs> I want to. I, th- I, I want to compare my Baltic Porter because I haven't. I haven't actually had that many myself. Like I kind of think what I like in a baltic porter and it, it is like it is a little dry in the finish and not like super like malty but also like dry a little bit no i i feel that and that's what do you got to say jp tell Sorry. me tell me the fermentation so we went in at 55 for this one to get a little bit more ester profile and considering mm-hmm. how much higher the alcohol was yeah um I believe this is a eight or nine week beer. Um, and then, Unreal, man. Well, I, you know, it's, 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 it, it, that one just sat in the tank. It yeah, it, yeah. yeah it was no, just, but, we, but still, like yeah. the, the the fact that you are taking the time and you're not stressed or rushed about it. That's what I meant by that comment where it's like good because more people should react that way. More people should take take time. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's something this big too. It's, it's kind of the first time we've ever taken the Andex yeast to that level of gravity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's was, the, what's the ABB on this? This is uh, 9%. Oh, 9%. So it's higher up. Um, it's a big one. I know more Morgan territory's dark reckoning is 8% and that is, yeah, I, I get why that's award winning. I mean, you taste it and you're mm-hmm. like, okay, this, yeah, Beautiful. it makes sense. And that's kind of yeah. what we were going for. That was our, well, I, I Yes and no. I I think what what I really wanted to do is have something that was robust, but then it finished off, you know, dry, like not like it dried, but it wafted away. Like it was like, wasn't there. And because at the end of the day, it's like, well, if I was pillaging, you know, I would be a bunch of stuff. I literally, this sounds terrible, but sometimes when I conceptualize these things, I'm like, well, if I was a Viking and I just like 
axed off somebody's head and then sat down at a rock table like what would I want to have he and, legit was playing a lot of viking video games and stuff <laughs> well, and, like, I don't know I'm a weird dude man like I write, these, <laughs> I write these, I'm a weird fucking dude like we, we walk by the game store and I was just like oh shit let's go in the game store no and no like, that's not oh you left your unicorn puzzles in my room oh no it's called, <laughs> it's called unstable unicorns I bought a game for the trip yeah, but, well, look, that's a write-off. The video game, if it's an inspiration, that's a write-off. <laughs> it's a write-off, man. There you go. If you, you start streaming, inspiration from the things that you love, it's yeah. fine. It's fine. Yeah. I'm on board. Well, but anyway, so like the whole point was trying to create something that would be high alcohol while still having a robust palate, and yet it would fall off and drink as though it was lower. Mm-hmm. And the reason behind that was because I wanted it to be where people could enjoy that intense flavor composition because at the lower end, if you want to do that, you really have to mash a lot higher and you kind of run the risk of everything like finishing way too cloying or sweet or anything like that. Like some of the porters and stuff that we had when we were actually in Utah, where it's like 4%, you have to do that. Like you could drink it and I was like, oh, okay, but... Well, it just it was too chewy laws. in my opinion and it was like oh because you have to hit that target and so i wanted to do something that was like very intense but in, incredibly enjoyable it's a different if that right? makes sense like mm-hmm. it does yeah. make sense it really does i'm actually going to like pull up the um style guideline yeah because i i'm not super familiar cool. with it i just had one a couple weeks ago uh, on a show i i mean give me the 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 recipe if you can just like you know, obviously, you don't. You probably don't know it down to the the pound, but uh, what's in this? Um. Well, as far as uh, so you've got Pilsner, Vienna, and Munich. You've got a higher percentage of um, Munich than Pilsner than Vienna. Um. It's a very low amount of uh, Carafa Two Special D Husk. I think it's. We actually had to change it up because the first round the color was too light, so we like kind of yeah. messed around there. So I think, I think you're looking at like six, like five to seven percent of the roasted malts. Um, so the midnight wheat, the carafa mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Then you've got um a crystal medium from Simpsons, and then there's special beef from Digman's. Uh, there's there's like two other things in there, and I can't. My laptop's right there. Can you actually? <laughs> Sorry, we're gonna do this. No, this is dope. Yeah, Yeah, I'm actually going to do that. While he's looking that up, I'd say like, you know, so have you guys ever had a photic from um, High Water Brewing? Their Baltic Porter? No. Beautiful representation of the style. It's textbook. It's very clean, crisp, dry. You know, it has all of the characteristics of a lager on that note. Mm -hmm. But then it's got that like deep chocolate. Like it's almost... Like, are you going to have milk chocolate or are you going to have dark chocolate to a right. higher cacao nib like ratio? And mm-hmm. as it warms up, yeah, there's going to be some more blueberry, um, other, you know, complications to it. But at the end of the day, it's still going to finish dry. This one, because it traveled, like it's definitely finishing so. a little more sweet, mm-hmm. but um, personally, like I don't taste the alcohol as much as nine percent i do yeah but i'm a delicate flower Aww. no like dave wonder from more beer came and tried it and he oh, i was nice. like well, what do you think the alcohol is and he's like nine percent i'm like you nailed it all yeah. right okay so mm-hmm. there because i've gotten like mixed reviews some people are like well it's nine percent and then others are like oh 
like yeah that seems like pretty high and so I, I i think it's i think it's really interesting to kind of see too because like it's not like you're making beer for one palate you're constantly like seeing what everybody else is going to hit yeah. so you're trying right. to get that like weird ass median sort of deal yeah your venn diagram of the thing i i think that overall it's a very good recipe um if you're asking me to pick nits, which it sounds like you are, I think that it is, it's too high for the style. Um, but for me, yeah. it's a little too hot. Um, I think that there's, it's almost like there's too much going on in the malt, but I don't know if that's true. So let's a little table that for a second. Yeah. Um, it's good to know. I, I think if you, I think if you just brought the, the ABV down a little bit, I think yeah, it, I think and then it'd be much more palatable. Yeah, and I think it would be a little bit more to the style because it is almost like an imperial stout, where it's a little maybe even a little more roasty than it should be. So I think if you bring the ABV down a little bit, bring the roast down a little bit, and let those sort of mid palate, um, you know, raisiny, chocolatey things push through. Mm-hmm. But I mean, bro, you're like ninety percent there, because you have all the aspects of a, a you know a large stout essentially is what it is, right? Oh, without the toppings, <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but like not the you know not the and not the acrid part of the stout, but like you know like a well a porter. There you go, Baltic porter. Um, it's it's you're 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 on target. Thanks, dude. No, yeah. I, I really appreciate that. Honestly, we've he and I both have never brewed the style and we, you know, tried reaching out yeah. to people to get information, any, any advice, like, and feedback really helps. Cause like, you know, we're, we're still growing in all of this. So it's, thank yeah. you. Seriously. I, that's really solid. Awesome feedback. Well, I, you know, I hope so, man, I'm happy to help. <laughs> um, but yeah. And I think, I think of all the, I think what you're doing is, is, is good. And I don't know that many breweries would admit to doing that where, we brewed this beer for the first time. We want any and all feedback on it. We want to reach out to people actively to figure out how we can improve this beer. Um, I think you have a good headspace for what what you need to elevate your game. You know what I mean? To 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 really truly brew the best beers that you guys can. You're you're open to information. You're open to honesty, and uh, I think that's great. I really do. Yeah. If I wanted to send you beer, would I send it to the hop grenade? No, you send it to my house. Because <laughs> I live 30 minutes away from the fucking hop grenade. And, Wait, uh, where are you living? Oakley. Oakley, oh, California. Okay. Yeah, so over the over the four, down the uh, the Mad Max highway, as we call it out here. If it makes you feel better, like when I dropped off that bag, I, I sealed it and like zipped it up. And then I was like, and then here's beer for you guys. Oh, nice. So they didn't like t- tap into it. <laughs> we get that issue all the time at our tap room where it's like, they'll be like some brewer dropped off beers and our beer tenders will be like, oh yeah, no, that I took it home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some brewer dropped off beers. Yeah. They were really good. Here are my notes. <laughs> here's my BJCP <laughs> score sheet. Yeah. We installed a bridge into our lab, I think, last month. <laughs> Just for that. Is, yes. You should, man. Uh, there's a few people in the chat room saying hi. Uh, Michael, Michael Cherma, you're saying it's, hey! good to, it's good to see you guys. Um, Jade asked, Josh, where did you learn to brew? 
I feel like she already knows that. I learned how to brew at HopTech Home Brewing. Um, <laughs> I started brewing when I was uh, 20 years old. Yep. All right. And the first home brew that I ever had was there at uh, Roberto's, uh, I think, 50th birthday party. And uh, it was their their nephew is actually one of my good friends. And we were friends in college at UOP in Stockton. So nice. his parents came to pick us up. And it was the first time that uh, adults handed me a bowl of weed. <laughs> and was like, here's your greens, kids. Yeah. They just were like, all right, kids. Like, in the school parking lot, it's like, here you go, kids. Start going. And I was like, do we do this? And he's like, yeah. My parents do this all the time. I'm like, Jesus <laughs> I love it. Just go up there and like had homebrews. And no, honestly, like Tight. I, you know, they're, it's, it's a great homebrew shop. Great people. Incredibly yep. knowledgeable. Like the amount of people that have got their start by being homebrewers there and have gone on to go professional is like, they they might as well have like a memorial right because they well, are for sean hammer sean hammer at epidemic ales he learned through yeah pop tech mm-hmm. uh, yeah where did you live here, Kyle? i'm in sacramento so uh our homebrew shop was the brewmeister the brewmeister yeah <laughs> dude kevin uh eric eric yeah, eric he yeah. owns red bus brewing yeah. company so, so he's okay. does commercial brewing now Zach from Slice was was working mm-hmm. at the shop there. He was my homebrew guy. We it was funny. I used to go in buy ingredients from him, and he'd be like, "Hey, I'm going to open a brewery," and I'm like, "I'm going to open a brewery too." <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. That's rad. Uh, Jonathan in the chat says, "Josh, I love you with a kissy emoji." So there's that. Which Jonathan? Jonathan Gross. Hey! There you go. Uh, he said the Baltic Porter was tasty. He also says Kyle sounds so sultry. <laughs> so let's say this. Let's talk about John Gross for a second. So he's a home brewer out of Hawaii. Okay. He makes the best fucking Imperial Stout. And he makes it out of a fucking plastic bucket. What an I, asshole. I, I, don't, I don't know how to explain it, but this guy basically makes me question why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. Time. yeah. People like that suck, dude, because it's like, you know, the most cobbled together bullshit, but it works incredibly well. And they have some magic, some thing, some water treatment or some thing that you would never think about. Yeah, for sure, man. That's cool. Good for him. Cause that's a hard beer style to do. Yeah. Well, and he's just, in the military, and yeah, I kept telling him you're going to leave. Sweat. I was like, yeah. "Hey, uh, <laughs> you're going to open a brewery, right?" He was like, "Well, I'm thinking about doing like a nano," and I was like, "You need no, to do like an ultimate proprietorship yeah. and like just go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. just come here and do it." Um, yeah. And then Ian Nakamura says, uh, "Hanakoa sounds amazing." With uh, four <laughs> exclamation points. One of our main regulars. Yeah, you could tell. Yeah. You, could, you could tell him the job. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, you could. Four exclamation points. So he's uh he's uh he's just trying to be cool. He knows you guys. He knows you. Yeah, I'm just every single time I'll say this about Hawaii people. Every single time Hawaii people go to the mainland, it's like, what do you want from Trader Joe's? I got you. (laughs) Trader Joe's, okay. Yeah, it's a thing. And that's wild. He's our one of our beer mules and like brings back Trader mm. Joe's snacks like it's my, my future yeah. my future roommate yeah <laughs> <laughs> nice uh, I will say cauliflower gnocchi from Trader Joe's so good so cauliflower good okay yeah. yeah well also the apricot white stilton okay I'll put that on the list <laughs> you're there, welcome I was in a Danville 
um, Trader Joe's and this lady like walked up to me and she's like, here, you're welcome. I'm putting this in your cart. You need it. And I was like, oh, (laughs) wow. How brazen. So confident like Danville ladies are. I was like, well, yeah, man. God, they really are too. It's weird. They are. Cougars. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Hanakoa, where can we find more information about your beers? Uh, Instagram and our website and Facebook. Um, We are currently only available in Hawaii and on Oahu. Um, It's fairly limited distribution, but if you want to come check us out, come to the brewery. Yeah, we sell out. We'd love to distribute further. We just don't, we can't produce enough enough beer. I I just want to do Hanukkah on tour where it's like we go somewhere, do like a tap takeover and it's like a band doing a show and like maybe we do some collabs. Well, that's why we're doing collabs. Maybe some hula. You know? Right. So if we can, I'd have to get, we'd have to get really good. Well, <laughs> if we can shout out. So like this, of course, you know, week and a half, two weeks. It's two where, weeks. Yeah. We're doing collabs with, so you'll see this come out um, within the next month or two. Um, we've got collabs with liquid gravity down in slow. We've got a collab with Morgan territory and faction. We are going to be collabing with local tomorrow and slice. In Sacramento, Lincoln, technically. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Shout out to Revision. We're doing a collab with Revision coming up. And then Dan at Half Moon at Bay. Hot Dogma. Hot Dogma. Hot Dogma. In yeah. Half Moon Bay. Um, they are not the same people. Not. <laughs> they are not the same people. Also, James, James and Dan are different before, people. They're two-headed monsters. monsters. <laughs> They're not two-headed monsters. James <laughs> from James. Anyways. Dan plays bluegrass. James has stories. But, yeah, so if you can't make it out to the islands, there's a ton of collapse coming your way in Northern California. Nice. And Central. Well, we're hoping, like, we can kind of organize some, like, collab night stuff where, like, we send all the beers to one spot like maybe we can fly back up for those things please give us the excuse to come back yeah (laughs) that would be cool and i think that i think that's a good way to do it you know you fly around you tour around you brew some beers living that sort of like bohemian lifestyle if we have enough people at the tap room true yes you gotta have enough coverage for sure kyle Kyle's like this is your first and last trip kyle thank you yeah i know well i was like well it was it was so just so you guys know this trip was kind of because of kyle because zach from slice reached out to kyle was like hey man i got august 11th open up you cool with that and i was like yeah, let me check with Christy. I was like, hey, do you want to go to the Bay oh, Area for your birthday? Because yeah. your birthday's on the 16th. Yeah, for and my she's birthday. Like, What's the catch? <laughs> the catch is you have to work for two weeks. I'm going to give you a trip for your birthday. We're going to travel. And I was like, no, what's what are we doing actually? Yeah. I was like, well, there's collabs. I'm like, there you go. Yeah. Chrissy did book the whole trip. I booked everything. Chrissy organized everything. As Kyle famously said, if it were just Kyle and I booking it, we'd be at Best Westerns. (laughs) (laughs) You can't do that. You can't do that. All right, guys. Well, I'll let you split. Thank you very much, Josh. I'm sorry that you didn't get to sing uh, unless you want to sing us out. Uh, and that's entirely up to you. It's just out. Do you want it? There's no place I'd rather be than on the ocean out at sea. Lingering in the ocean blue. And if I had one wish come true, I'd surf till the sun sets beyond the horizon. Flying by on the Hawaiian roller coaster ride. I love it. 
I've literally. Yes, I've literally never. I've never seen that movie in my entire life. Are you serious? Yeah, I've never seen it. But now you have to. Now I have to. You've never seen that movie. I'm into Disneyland. Please contribute to his like retirement plan by watching it, please. Oh, if I if I watch it, I'm gonna fucking pirate it. Are you kidding me? Aww. You don't wait. I'm you're a Disney fan. And you don't have Disney Plus. Uh, no, we don't have. We had it for a couple months and then we got rid of it. Um, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm more of a you're Disney. Pa- I'm a Disney Parks fan. Long, I'm like a Disney Parks history fan. But like the 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 like brand that. in and of itself is, I don't know. Not, I shouldn't say it. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not as into it as as I uh, like the history of the parks and like how shit works there. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I'll watch it twice. Once for me and once for JP. How about that? Yes. But <laughs> do it from different IP addresses. So I got three kids. We can probably watch it three times. <laughs> I will watch it. It's like one of the one of the only Disney movies I've never seen. I have a ton of friends who love that movie so much. So I do have to watch it. But that was very uh, good, I guess. <laughs> I mean, really look, learning sarcasm on this trip. Yeah. Okay. I don't goal. think that was sarcastic. Well, I, I mean, honestly, sarcasm. It was. It was good enough for no warm up. How about that? You didn't warm up. You didn't stretch. If Bev was here, she would have said ten out of ten. Oh, because Bev's man. yeah, yeah. Bev's great. Bev's just well, like if that. you'd ever like a live performance, it can happen whenever you want. And you know, I might actually reach out to you because maybe we'll do that on my Disney show on Ears Up Podcast. Go to earsuppodcast.com. Uh, anyway, yeah, thank you very much, you guys. I really appreciate it. Not only the beers, but the time and the hangout. I really appreciate it. It's good to see you guys again for sure. Thank you. Cheers, Teresa. Teresa thank you very much for hanging out. I'm sorry we couldn't Thanks have a beer together. But it sounds like, yeah, yeah it sounds like you'll get some love too. Guys. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thanks a lot, everybody. And uh, until next time, we'll see you later. Justin's in my sky and winning the race. JP does great as his charity case.